Transplaner RPG is proudly sponsored by at Dimitri Opines on Twitter. That is at D-M-I-T-R-Y-O-P-I-N-E-S. And Explain Trade, a negotiation skills training consultancy believing in the power of D&D and Transplaner's potential to grow, tell great stories, and lift up our community. Explain Trade trains negotiators for governments, big companies, NGOs, and offers e-learning courses for individuals looking to get a better deal from their boss. Level up your charisma score and check out explaintrade.com. This episode features the talents of Critical Bard, Gabe James Games, B Zelda, and Jasper William Cartwright of Three Black Halflings. Check them out on Twitter and beyond and stick around at the end for a proper introduction. Content warnings for this episode include complex and complicated relationships, fantasy violence, death of loved ones, falling, heights, unknowable depths, darkness, and blood. Arc 5 Interlude. The Spoils Delivered to the Victor. From Aren't We All Shapeshifters by Gur Kier. Our adventure starts in a waiting room. White walls, floating orbs of incandescent light, marble flooring. A low table sits in the center of this room, laden with a teapot, cups, and a couple of scrolls for ambient perusal. Music, pleasant and very forgettable, floats through the air. There are no windows here, just a single door, and the temperature is exactly 75 degrees. A receptionist clacks at an abacus, uh, a dark-skinned half-elf with black hair twisted into bantu knots. They're dressed in a drab, white and gray uniform, and behind them, past their desk, we see a hallway snaking deeper and deeper into unknown depths. The Andake Postal Service, which is where we are, of course, exists outside of normative space-time, suspended within a fabricated pocket of reality folded politely between the now and the ethereal plane. Few Andakans have ever set foot within its storied metaphysical walls, and you are one of them. Populating the waiting room, we see four distinct individuals, and I'd love to start with the twins. Agwoon and Adaria, why don't you tell us what you look like and what you're doing in this waiting room as we pan over to you? Uh, Agwoon's hair has actually started to grow out a bit. So there is a small layer of fro, but their hair itself has also started to take on some of the blue and white pigments of the constellations across their body, which seem to have expanded even wider now so that uh, all across their arms, uh, down their back and like up their necks more towards their cheeks, it seems like new stars have appeared. And there's even a murkiness in their eyes that they can still see clearly, but there is a bit more twinkle in their eyes, so to speak. Um, they wear newly designed robes that look to be of a lighter flowing material and is still much more about comfort rather than full protective function, but there's a newfound confidence. 
Um, and seated next to Agoon is a individual who looks strikingly similar to Agoon, perhaps, you know, twins. Um, you see uh, she uh, has uh, the same uh, uh, brown skin that Agoon has, uh, though she still has no hair. She just keeps that shaved completely. Uh, long, pointed ears, um, bright, um, brownish hazel eyes um there's a she's wearing a dark lip of some sort uh she's wearing bluish robes um that have hints of silver through them almost silver and gold and 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 striking um areas um that goes down to her down to the floor um some sort of belt wrapped around her waist um, she has on both of her arms, the dress is sleeveless, by the way, and both of her arms, there's almost like a, this connected dot uh, constellation that goes up both. But you've noticed that those uh, constellations have now uh, traveled up to her um, her chest and almost her clavicle neck area as well, connecting, um, sitting there, draped on her uh, lap, a glass staff of some sort, and the end kind of encircles this orb. Um, she just rakes her long nails against it, and connecting her ear to her nose is a golden chain um, with a piercing. Uh, that's that's really the, the main things you see right now. Mm, mm, wonderful. And Agun and Adari, I assume you're seated next to each other in this waiting room? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. I just love to know what the two of you have been up to since last we saw you at the hot springs. Their main mission was to figure out how to restore magic um, to the world. So I think they've just been, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like they have traveled a lot, gained a lot of knowledge, um, gained more of an understanding of the weave, the cataclysm, um, uh, how how magic is and isn't affecting the world still, how much has grown, how much is left, you know, really understanding. And I know specifically Daria has learned to harness even like the raw potential of magic that's still there. Um, and she's been playing with that a lot. I think something that's been good is with the two of them uh, probably getting a better understanding of the different types of magic that exists, like arcane versus divine versus nature versus magic borrowed from other entities um, and wandering around and then seeing who else might have that, at least getting more information on how it works so they can figure out how to fix it. I think Adaria almost has like it's um, a celestial abacus of sorts. Like I've seen this many wizards and I've seen this many clerics, things of that nature, really just trying to get numbers and see where the world has gone since up to now. Mm. And I think we see your abacus now, perhaps, uh, maybe on your person or perhaps you're studying it or something, but we notice that the beads are not telling a fortunate tale. Uh, in the weeks, months since we've last seen you, the beads have slowly gone down. Every person you've spoken to, every spellcaster, more and more likely that they've lost their magic. Even either from the Cataclysm, they were a divine cleric of sorts, severed their connection to their gods, so they lost their magic. Or even non-divine casters, druids, wizards, sorcerers, they also begin to lose their connection to the weave and their ability to cast spells, and it's fewer and fewer and fewer people dwindling down, 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 uh, the farther along time treads. 
with that, knowing that it's been not getting as it hasn't been good. You can tell that Adaria has always been like quiet, but very there's a trickster element to both of them. But she's been a lot more serious and a lot more almost stoic, um, kind of giving in to the pretend, to the reality of the situation, but trying her best still to understand it. Mm, mm. What about you, Agun? Uh, Agun's mainly been interested in seeing what his sibling does. Uh, I think as Adar- Adaria is definitely more of the person of action, and I think Agun is more a person of reaction. So that as Adaria makes the choices that make them progress, Agun will make choices to sustain that progress. Mm. Mm. And I think we actually find the two of you in a flashback, a memory of the scene that actually brought you to this waiting room in the first place. Uh, and I want Adaria, you to tell me where we are physically. Perhaps leaving a temple. Mm. Because knowing that um, magic is waning and knowing that there's been a severance to the divine, that is a, there's a difference between things just kind of leaving and then like a clear, like a, a stopping point. Um, and the stopping point is more finite. So more information can be gained out of the finite moment. Uh, so I think um, potentially leaving a uh, temple of one of the gods, potentially, potentially the god of knowledge, um, really trying to um, just understand, talk to anyone, just figure out almost like the ley lines of it all um, and nothing is going right. And she's very frustrated. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, I think then we find the two of you exiting a shrine in the midst of the silent grove, a mystical forest filled with tall emerald stalks of bamboo trees. Uh, this temple, the temple of Ustoy, is one of many scattered throughout the grove that worships one of the past champions of Mengshen Zhudi, the god of knowledge and dreams, Huan Ustoy. And I think as the two of you walk down, I think it's um, light wooden steps, uh, both of you hear a disturbance, leaves kicking up, uh, footsteps, people screaming, running. Uh, and what are your passive perceptions? 16. 17. Okay, both of you sense a very strong breeze whipping its way through this grove. And you're able to parse through, I think, the bamboo stalks growing like darkened fingers all around you. Some sort of frenzied magical activity. You recognize it almost instantly. Both of you are very attuned to the weave. You know what you're doing. This is a wind elemental. And it seems to be like wreaking havoc amongst various other people praying to Mengshen Zhudi, uh, scattering throughout this grove. It seems to be frenzied, frenetic. And you know, elementals are emissaries. They are divinely attuned monsters that worship a particular god. So Agwoon, I want you to tell me, how do you and Adaria bring this emissary to its senses? I think, I think there's a moment of knowing that they have the capability and capacity to influence a figure like this and running up to it, surrounding themselves in a wind wall, uh, because that is something that is, it, it, it is, it is not a hostile element to this entity, to this creature, surrounding themselves in a wind wall and expressing more of a magic vulnerability, showing that we do not need to expend the resource we have, a limited resource this world has, to give it harm, 
to show it conflict, to show it concern. It's it's like trying to, it's like that middle ground of like trying to tame a wild animal and uh, talk someone down. And and specifically, since they're both twins that have such a, a, a presence of stars, um, at that point, Agun probably activates his starry form uh, to reflect a constellation that might be familiar to this primordial being, a constellation that that may have gone out, actually, uh, to show something familiar that was from a time when it did have that power, when it had that comfort. Mm. And I think within your uh, the sparkling depths of your skin, this emissary calms down, the breeze turning from a, a gust, a, a gale force wind, to a gentle autumnal wind and sifting. Uh, and I think the particular constellation that glows on your skin is the constellation of Mengshin Zhidi, uh, that it recognizes and like the breeze dies down, 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 spinning into a low plate against the ground, kicking up leaves and roots uh, and needles, but not harming anyone else. And it is finally like this, calmed down, that the emissary speaks to both of you in a kind of hollow, breathing, breathy voice. Thank you. I was drawn, frenzied, frenetic, wild, wind, air, forced up, from the south, I apologize. My mind is not my own. It is stricken, corrupted. Allow me to do something. And um, there's going to be a constellation that uh, glows upon her, um, representing the wind itself, but also representing the mind. And she's going to draw that in the air and then blow. And, and as she blows, it's going to surround the elemental. And I'm going to cast Detect Thoughts. Mmm. Images and sensations flash through your mind's eye as you glimpse the surface of this emissary subconscious. It allows you, I think, to even breach deeper into its mind without having to make a save. It's willingly offering this information up to you. And you just sense pain, fear, a cage of glass perfectly spherical, built to contain it. No bars, no gaps, no escape. Faces behind masks, goggles on. The steel, white, cold alabaster of a laboratory. Pain, suffering, searing through its veins, its wind-like arteries, its entire soul cracked open like an epiphany. This corruption, this mother's blood. That's the term for it. That's right. Mother's blood seeping through its body, causing it to grow frenetic, frenzied until it explodes. It can't contain itself. It has to just explode. Two words rise to the top of your subconscious uh, as the memories and the visions fade. Mother's blood, as well as the Uhanahi Research Laboratory. The URL, far to the south of Andake, on the bubbling Hima Sea. That's where this emissary came from. That's who heard it. What have you seen? Suffering. Gale force. Suffering. A hurricane of pain reeking through my soul. A corruption deep and dark and empty. My brethren, my siblings, 
other emissaries there still. You must help them, please. Um, Adaria kind of just watches for a moment and then turns to look at Gagoon. There's a research laboratory. It was captured, harmed. Others are there too. I wonder if there's a connection to what we look for. I think there has to be, and something must be done. Something attempting to harness raw elemental power. But why? Uh, and I think as the two of you are like bouncing back and forth, try to figure out what's happened here. You feel this breeze rising up. I think, uh, Adaria, your dress ruffles. Uh, a goon, like I think your hair also just sort of like lifts up like around you, bubbling like a, like a Ghibli movie a bit. And all of you hear the emissary's voice before it vanishes from here say, thank you, my gratitude. I bestow upon you blessings to the two of you both. And it just kind of vanishes. We have uh, a problem to solve, it seems. And we have a destination to go. Mm. And I think on that, we cut back. This, of course, is not the URL, not the Uhanahi Research Laboratory, which is your final destination, but it is a necessary pit stop. After all, everyone in Ndake knows that it's essentially impossible to get to the URL if you're not invited. Very powerful magical wards prevent it from being scried, teleported into, dimension doored into, or any number of methods like broaching its boundaries. But recently after your encounter with the emissary, a courier from the Andake Postal Service had arrived at the two of yours, I think, camp, wherever you were staking out for the night, and delivered a missive, a message. The APS has a job for the two of you. If you scratch their back, they will ensure that you'll be able to breach the defenses of the URL and get in. They'll be able to secure an invitation for the two of you. And I think that's where we find you here now, sitting in this waiting room. And now we pan over across these white walls, this low table, the smell of bergamot and cedar coming from a scented candle, over to Bomba. Bomba, in this waiting room, what do you look like and what are you up to? Um, sitting on the floor in front of this low table with the tea set on top um, there are a multitude of little fuzzy bees kind of in the teacups in the teapot uh, snacking on any any scones anything with sugar uh, the sugar cubes are gone and sitting on the floor with two key uh, two teacups kind of cheersing the little bees is Bamba Bamba short um, they are a four foot satyr, dark brown fur, teeny weeny afro. Um, bees are constantly floating around them. They have a, a top that's just made of palm leaves uh, and shorts that cover their little fuzzy thighs uh, made out of some kind of floral print. Uh, little horns with bees kind of perched on top, vibrating with joy at all of these snacks. Lovely. Yeah. Bamba, I think in stark contrast to, I think the two rather like serious and very dignified and elegant twins, there's you with your bees buzzing around, your little satyr feet kicking, right? Your horns curved up. Like you're, you're just sort of sitting there enjoying the amenities here because there are plenty. It's a good time here. Yeah, the music is forgettable, but it's nice. And Bamba, I want to know, what have you been up to since the carnival ended? Your regency has also terminated and your former boss slash friend Atalanta uh, was killed. 
Uh, yeah, so despite the little cheery uh, vision that uh, the satyr is sitting on the ground right now, Bombas had a really hard time after the passing of their friend Adelanta. Um, they kind of fell into a grief and uh, being kicked out of the one jaw that they already st- they stumbled into, they found themselves without purpose. So they wandered um, with only like their bees to kind of keep them going, to keep them getting up every morning, to keep them moving, eating, uh, and they have just wandered for a time that they have not been able to keep track of until they managed to walk themselves out of the fog of grief and into a semblance of life. Mm. And I think part of that invitation into hope, into processing, uh, we also push into a flashback of you, Bamba, to see the scene that brings you to this place. Where are you? at a lake, I think. Sitting on the edge, you have the reflection of their their little satyr face with the, the ripples of the bees kind of dipping on the, t- on the edge of the water. I really love that. Is this Bacchanalia Beach? Is this Ingir Lake in Nepal or a different country? I like that. No, I think that should be the beach where it is. It's, it's familiar to them. Okay, you're sitting at the edge of this lake. The sunless sky is beginning to turn dark, gray. Soon it will be dusk, but not yet. There is still light remaining in the atmosphere around you. Behind you, you hear the jubilant cries and calls of music, people dancing, as is their right on Bacchanalia Beach. You used to be head partier there, but, you know, ever since the Regency, well, you've been processing. I think we find you at the edge of this, I think, glistening sapphire water. Uh, To your right, nearby, there's a tall wooden uh, shrine, an altar dedicated to Atalanta, the former champion of Nabal, your friend, a statue erected in her honor, and just dozens and dozens of gold coins, gems, pieces of food, meats, herbs, and whatnot just laid out in dedication to her. Uh, You're sort of in the shadow of this statue. And as you're thinking, just looking, gazing out across the serene water, you hear a voice behind you go, Bomba? I, I didn't do it. Uh, oh, no, I'm not, I'm not here to uh, accuse you of anything. Oh. You turn around to see a large, hulking, one might even say, like a minotaur person, but they carry themselves with a lot of, like, you know, like, dedicated grace. Like, they're, like, scared to trample over even a, a tiny little bug with a big big old pink nose, and they're dressed in a drab gray and white uniform that you recognize almost immediately. This is a courier of the Andake Postal Service. Uh, I'm just here to deliver a a missive to you. Bamba, right? Former regent of Nabal? Former, yeah, disgraced, same difference. Oh, oh, well, I'm not here to cast judgment. I'm literally just the messenger. Uh, Well, here is a job offer. Well, not not permanent. It's not full-time. It's it's a gig. It's a one-off gig uh, from the Andake Postal Service. And this Minotaur holds out a scroll. Is this because somebody feels bad for me? No, no, I don't think... I hope this isn't a pity thing. I I need to ask my boss. I'm not qualified to say that, actually. But I'm pretty sure it's not. Uh, I've been instructed to tell you that if you complete the gig inside that scroll, uh, you'll be granted a, a single wish. Well, within reason. Within reason. This isn't, like, anything. It's, it's like, we can't turn back the cataclysm huh. or bring dead people back to life or make someone fall in love with you, but, um, pretty much anything else. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's cool. Uh, just to check, this isn't, like, a revenge thing either. No, 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 uh, not a pity thing, not a vengeance thing. Uh, 
And the wish is less, uh, maybe I should qualify that, less of like a magical wish and more of like a, the Andake Postal Service has a lot of connections and resources and we can basically get you whatever you want. Uh, for example, okay. we, we could get you into the Slumbering Palace. Uh, we could even get you into the URL if you want. What? Okay, I've got ideas. I haven't had ideas in so long. Yeah, 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 give me that scroll. There you go. And I think on you taking the scroll, we cut back to you here in the waiting room, perhaps holding that self-same scroll in your hand as you think about this memory. Yeah, on Bamba sort of dancing, like on their seat and like looking at the scroll, sipping tea, we're going to pan over to the fourth and final member of this waiting room, Wang Bo Tian. What do you look like and what are you doing? Uh, I think since we've last seen uh, Boa, the uh, the sort of lines on Boa's face have got a little deeper. Uh, eyes are a little uh, more rough shot, and I think just looks generally uh, even scruffier somehow. He was pretty scruffy looking the last time we saw him. Um, but except for his afro, which is still of extremely neat short back and sides, uh, with a sort of well-coiffed uh, uh, high top, and he's still wearing the same headband. Um, but uh, he wears more sort of blacks in his clothes now, uh, instead of the sort of lighter blues. Uh, he definitely seems to be flying a little bit more under the radar, and I think uh, currently he has his eyes uh, closed, and he's sat sort of cross-legged on the floor, and is uh, restringing his bow. And I think as he's restringing his bow, you can see on his hands that like, there's like a lot of like scars and kind of uh, his, his fingers look a little like kind of crooked um, as I think that he has been relentlessly sort of practicing and trying to improve. Uh, and you can kind of see the scars of that a little bit. And yeah, with his eyes closed, he's restringing his bow and you can kind of, there is a sort of, um, uh, a kind of ambient shimmer almost around him uh, as he is in a sort of deep dream currently. Mm. And as we push in on your like relaxed face, yet focused, I think, uh, we're going to go into a memory that you're currently dreaming of, uh, which is what have you been up to since the emperor dismissed the dream shield? Yeah, I think losing main source of income was a bit of a shock uh, to Boa and like, uh, I think having lost uh, his sort of life's purpose in uh, becoming a paragon uh, and then losing sort of the, the one thing that he sort of was truly really, like really good at and deciding that going to, into his family business was not something that he cared to do. Uh, I think that he's been you know, wandering, picking up contracts, but mostly he's been desperate to improve. Uh, I think somewhere in Boa's head, he still thinks that he's the Paragon and he's desperate to be, uh, to prove that like he can choose his own destiny uh, or he can, you know, or the destiny can choose him. I think probably more is more apt to the, the, the term. And so, yeah, he has been literally like training montaged, uh, uh, training montaging just constantly firing arrows into trees uh, and uh, just relentlessly sort of practicing honing his skills, uh, even honing some of his hand-to-hand -hand combat, which is uh, before pretty, pretty substandard. Uh, so uh, yeah, he's been doing a lot of that. And uh... Is that where we find you then? In a grove of your own design, a, a training ground, firing arrows, uh, the scene that leads you to this place? Yeah, and I think there's probably like ropes and things like that on the floor, which he's sort of 
uh, as he's firing, he's like dodging out of the way and you can see that he's sort of dodge out of the way of a rope. It'll like snare up and try and like uh, hook his arm or his leg or something. Uh, so he's definitely set up a kind of quite a brutal like training course. Uh, and uh, you definitely see him probably get like whomped by like a big like log that swings down or something. And he just takes it in the chest, gets back up, resets, everything goes again. Uh, just like, yeah, I think he's just like absolutely, yeah, like drilling that and mm. taking quite a beating, I think, as well. <laughs> mm. I think as you reach the end of your obstacle course, right, like all bruised up, maybe bleeding a little bit, one of your ribs, oh, definitely cracked, but you'll reset that later. That's fine. Your ears perk up because I think you have a passive perception of like 30 or something, right? Yes. Yep. yep. And you hear something at the far end of the obstacle course, like 500 feet away. It kind of sounds like I a- I immediately aim my bow. <laughs> like... <laughs> okay. You whip around, you aim your bow. It sounds like a- ah! Oh, not again. Yeah. Uh, I'll swing through the trees uh, and see what has been caught probably in one of my uh, <laughs> training obstacles. <laughs> yep. Peering through the branches, you see one of the obstacles was like a series of rope loops on the ground that try to get your ankles. And someone was was caught in one of the loops. Uh, actually, I think a tabaxi woman. Uh, she's sort of like flailing upside down, like her robe has like flipped all the way down, like uh, on top of her face. Right, her twig like arms are sort of like ah, oh, like waving in the air. Uh, hi, excuse me, are you Wang Tian? Can you do you mind letting me down? Yes, the aim is to uh, step inside and then outside of the rope. No, not to get snagged. Surely uh, you can do a little better. Oh, no, I've, I was born with two left feet, as my mother says. Yeah, it makes me bad at dancing and bad at running and bad at dodging things. Uh, but I think it makes me compassionate toward people who are just as ungraceful. That's beside the point. I, I have a job. Can you please let me down? Of course. Uh, I'll, uh, can I shoot uh, the, the yes. rope with, my, with an arrow? <laughs> you absolutely can. Uh, uh, what are you doing? What's that noise? Ah! Uh, and <laughs> as you're stringing your bow and let it loose, yep. boom, like the rope cracks and they fall. And she uh, scrambles back up to her feet and brushes down her robes, which you recognize now, now that they're right side up and not inside out. Uh, the robes of the Andake Postal Service, right? Very hard workers, couriers that just go across and carry messages, right? Harmless people, usually. Uh, uh, hi, uh, I'm a courier of the APS. Mm -hmm. I have a, uh, a, a gig for you. Uh, here, let's see. And she digs through a pouch and pulls out a scroll. Huh. Okay. Oh, no, 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 don't step forward oh, again. Oh, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll come here. to you. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll just stay, I'll stay right here. You stay right there. There we go. Okay. Uh, and I'll dodge forward uh, and uh, I'll take this and say, who sent this ex exactly? Uh, the director of the APS, actually, which is quite unusual. Usually I'd, I'm not allowed to tell people about the m messages and what's in them. It's it's a federal offense to open someone else's mail. Uh, but I've been instructed to tell you uh, the APS would love to have you sign on to a gig. It's a really easy gig. And, and as payment, well, um, uh, uh, grant a wish. A, a non-magical wish. Uh, we can't turn back the cataclysm, make someone fall in love with you, or bring back the dead. This is resource-based. It's not magical. But we have uh, uh, fingers in a lot of pies. Hmm. I am in need of uh, pies, I guess, if we're staying in the metaphorical. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um... Okay, uh, and when we say easy, <laughs> I'll open it up and look and be like, yeah, I'm sure it's easy. <laughs> Fine, where, where, where do you need me? Fantastic. And we cut to you now meditating on the floor of the waiting room. 
And I think as like the four of you continue to sit there, you, you've noticed each other here, right? All of you have entered this waiting room through that one door, the single door in this room, that every time you open it, it leads somewhere else, right? Um, and each of you were led to a room with a door that you stepped into uh, here in the waiting room, though those rooms were in completely different places of Endake. And as like the four of you, I think like start to take note of each other a little bit more, like you're checking your watch, maybe like it's been, it's been like five minutes, right? Since you've all, since you've all gathered here, uh, the receptionist raises uh, their eyes and says, uh, Agun, Adaria, Bamba, and Boitian. Present. Yes. Present. Yes. The director will see you now. Down the hallway, you can't miss it. And they like hold out an elegant hand and gesture with their nails. Mm. Doesn't feel creepy at all. <laughs> sure, it'll be fine. <laughs> I love never ending hallways. Do you? Really? I... No, they're usually terrifying. <laughs> yes, okay, good. I'm just checking we're on the same page there. I thought you were ah! actually like. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Horrifying. This I... is troublesome. I won't go first if anybody else would like to. But Daria just starts to walk. Yeah, the twins go. <laughs> and they're off. <laughs> I'll turn to Bombo and be like, well, this will work nicely, I guess. They'll go first. <laughs> yeah, we're a good team. All right. <laughs> uh, your party travels through this passageway, and it's interesting. You feel the weave sort of tense and wobble around you as soon as you enter the corridor, and you don't see any other doors, no other corridors. Like, it's just a straight path leading to a single door at the end of the hall. Like, there's nowhere else that this hallway leads. And when you reach that door, it swings open, and you enter an office, or at least you think it's an office. A broad stretch of floor is populated by colorful knickknacks. A desk shaped like a beetle, uh, a chair with ten legs, a translucent shelf just kind of floating there, and globules of light just thrown all about, like ambient floating lava bits. And instead of walls or a ceiling, fog swirls around the corners of this office, obscuring the far edges of this space. And sitting atop a wiggling cushion, is the director of the Andake Postal Service, a very serious, very wet, grung man. He is uh, three feet wide, three feet tall, uh, with rubbery red skin and two bulbous black eyes mounted on either side of a spherical head, uh, the spitting image of a tomato frog. And like the receptionist, Director Jur, as you've been told, is dressed in a drab white and gray uniform. Ah, uh, Agun, Nadaria, Bamba, Boitin, come in, come in. Coffee, tea, juice, water, soup. Uh, do you just have like a cup of sugar? Of course. And with each Thank word you. and on sugar, uh, the relevant substance sort of swirls into existence out of the ambient fog. And like Whoa. some sugar, like a cup of it just floats toward you. I oh. think Bertien visibly relaxes. <laughs> like, ah, oh, it's like being, I think Bertien's just like, ah, oh, it's like being back in the dreams. This is great. This is so nice. I've missed this. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Does it seem like um, they were conjured out of nothing or does it seem like something was there and ready to give them something? Because, because mm-hmm. just speaking something out loud and they're coming out of fog, that's a specific type of magic. Even though it's conjuration, it's too specific. And she's like, She's like, mm, what is this? Mm. So make an arcana check for me. 17. 17. You can sense that the fog feels similar to the magic inside a, bo- a bag of holding. 
Uh, so when the grung gestures with their wrists, they're pulling something out that was already there, but stored in like gotcha. a pocket. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, That's she better. just notes that, hmm, but stays quiet. Oh, come in, come in. I, I'm more than happy to start briefing you uh, on your mission. Uh, it is an important one, and uh, I have no doubt that the four of you are the correct people to carry it out. Yeah, you. May I just say, you are somebody that I have looked up to for all of two minutes, and oh. I would be so honored to do any. You, any. Look at you. Look at the sugar. Oh. Uh, Anything you need done, got it. Got this team here. Oh. I would like to just really quickly say that uh, while I appreciate the enthusiasm on our team, I will not do anything you ask. That simply what? is not on the table. I will do what we have been brought here to do, but that that's it. I just want to make sure I'm not being drawn into any contractual obligation with our, my friend here who is a little enthusiastic. Uh. <laughs> Cup of sugar. What exactly is it that you need? Oh, and yes. why have yes. you summoned the four of us? Yes, wonderful questions, as expected from, and they pull out a clipboard, uh, Agwoon the druid, and Adaria the wizard. Like, they're consulting, like, a, a stat sheet or something, and they, they put it back beneath, like, a, the beetle-shaped table. Um, mm. Well, uh, as the missives, the missives were a little unclear. They just said to report here to receive the mission, of course. Uh, but the mission is quite simple. Uh, for the uh, time of the gig, the four of you will be honorary members of the APS, Couriers. And your job as couriers would be to deliver a letter to one, uh, <clears throat> let's see this clipboard, Dr. Hitsagatan Aluso in Northern Talmud. Uh, she lives on the edge of the Euclid Chasm uh, in the middle of the Badlands, just south of Morose. She actually has a teleportation hub on her property. Um, it is uh, standardized. So the APS, we can just, honestly, we can just teleport you right there, no problem. And so we've been brought here to do this because oh no yeah because of the no 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 we have we have plenty of competent couriers of course I, I assure you uh, your taxes are funding a very good institution here uh, but um, <laughs> the prophecy of course can, can you say that word again the prophecy one more time prophecy. Thank you. Yes, can you tell us about that? Yes, usually the APS, we would send our own to deliver this letter and not trouble the four of your very, very busy lives, but the prophecy was very specific. They named you and described the four of you and what you're capable of. You must be the couriers. Oh, oh sorry, let me explain the whole prophecy thing. Uh, occasionally, some mail come attached with prophecies. Uh, our divination department usually parses the omens, the portents, the whole speaking in tongues thing to figure out exactly what they mean. Like, this orb must be delivered to this person on this day to where darkness will... Yeah, you know, stuff, stuff like that. It's very common. Um, this one was pretty clear. It showed faces. The four of your faces. Okay. Hmm. And where is this prophecy? Uh, it's attached to the the letter, the asset itself. Uh, be careful. Uh, and Director Drew reaches under the beetle shell and pulls out a very plain-looking envelope. Uh, but Adaria and anyone else who's magically attuned and wants to, uh, you feel just magic thrumming off of this parcel, right? Like, it looks just like a, a regular envelope with probably enough room just for a single slip of paper inside, but it's... The weaves just sort of almost bends and creaks and crackles around it, right? This letter is magically important, vitally so. It feels graviturgic 
in its presence. If fate or destiny were a net or a web, and important events were like um, billiard balls, right, like sinking into the net, then this letter would be a bowling ball. Yeah, Adaria will feel that heavily. Look at our sibling for a moment. And in their mind, they will hear, this is more than just coincidence. It's always something. And she's going to reach out and grab the uh, letter. Yeah, Director Drew lets you take it. Oh, oh, careful, careful with it. And uh, please don't, please don't open it. We, we only have a one rule, really, which is don't open the letter you're supposed to deliver. Again, it's it's a federal offense, uh, and we'd prefer you not to break rules while wearing the badge of the APS. Uh, and our other rule is, if you accept this gig, you must deliver the letter, no matter what, in order to get your reward. That's it. You just have to make sure it gets into Dr. Luso's hands. That's it. Then it will be done. When I grab it, does anything happen or just feel like that that's strong? You feel it like in full presence now, right? Thrumming against your fingerprints, looking down at the front of this letter. And there's a, a writing on the letter in this kind of loopy, almost elegant longhand to Dr. Eluso. She will note that. Um, keep it still. Um, and then she will um, begin to ritually... Um, you'll see... Um, um, a, another constellation uh, glow, but it seems just to be like an, a hole of some sort. And she's going to start ritually casting a spell, which we thought was a cantrip, but it's definitely not. Um, blame Dean to be on that. She'll start uh, ritually casting a wrist pocket. And once it's done, it's going to snap out of existence and go into another space. Cool. Yeah, Director Drew lets you do that and nods and says, oh, that's a good spell to cast. Very smart. Uh, any other questions before I send you all off? Should be very easy. Pop in, pop out, get your reward. Uh, yes, Bomba. Do we get badges? Yes. Uh, and they pull out like four APS badges that are super tacky. They're like big and bronze and heavy and kind of ugly and hands one proudly to you, Bomba, and holds the rest of the, them out to the three of you. Yes. Uh, tell you what, Bomba, you can you can even have mine if you like. What? Yes, you're welcome. Truly? Yeah, absolutely. I'm not wearing that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Pins it to their leaves. <laughs> um, and then final question, and then I'm ready to go. Yes. Um, ca- can you say prophecy one more time? Prophecy. <laughs> oh, so good. Okay, thank you. I'm ready. All right. <laughs> Uh, and on that, I think the tomato frog-like grung behind the beetle desk nods. Director Drew closes his two kind of wet, squishy fists and pulls down. Uh, and the gray fog around all four of you swirls like ether at the eye of a storm. Swirls and swirls and swirls. And all of you feel the weave pulling and straining and groaning against your souls from whatever director Drew is doing. And a breeze begins to whip through the mist. Loose papers go flying. And finally, poof, a portal swirls open behind director Drew's desk. A whirling black hole, easily the size of two or three people, like peering into the bottom of a well that's never seen the sun. And this darkness ripples as it begins to solidify, like pebbles being dropped into a still pond. Ripple, ripple, ripple. And an image clarifies upon its obsidian surface. A cottage. A roof made of glazed tile. A chicken pen. A thin dusting of snow over everything. A vegetable garden 
with nothing seeded yet, and a person standing on their porch tossing feed to their chickens. A person with light brown skin, golden hair shaved on the sides, glasses piercing blue eyes. They're wearing a dirty lab coat, a stained with grease, charcoal, chalk, other uncountable various liquids and substances, and they are simultaneously one of the most handsome women and one of the most beautiful men you've ever seen. And Director Jer, sort of like straining to keep the portal open, says, Ah, uh, yes, there they are. Dr. Hitsagaten Aluso should be a pretty easy job, in and out. I'll be waiting right here. Uh, actually, I think my mother works with them now that I get a better look at them. But that's neither here nor there. We don't have to worry about that. Uh, off you go. Uh, thank you. Uh, you're very honorable. And, uh, I like the... Goodbye. Uh, goodbye. Thank you. Just remember, uh, uh, Daria, letter to Aluso, then come back, prize. Not yes. Uh, a quick peer, just like through the portal. I just want to make sure that I'm not like seeing anything shifty. Like we're about to get jumped the second we go through or whatever. <laughs> like, With your 20 <laughs> passive perception, just by peering at the portal from the other side. Uh, sorry, 30. 30. <laughs> With your 30 Come passive on, perception. I misspoke. Right. My bad. Uh, everything looks super normal. It's just some person on a porch feeding their chickens. And the longer the portal stays open, the more they seem to notice something's happening. They like actually pause in scattering seed and feed and look up. And they seem to see you all. You all seem to be in like the middle distance, though, and they sort of cock their heads to the side. Hmm. Uh, I'll jump through. I mean, I'll, I'll do it for the chickens. It'll do it for you. Uh, back to the frog. Um, what is the frog's title? Uh, director. Director Jure. Director. I'm doing it for you, Director. Thank you. And uh, I'm going to go through the portal. I appreciate that, but, but please hurry. It takes a lot of effort to keep this portal open. Adaria will look at, look at both of you. You should go. Magic is valuable. <laughs> Understood. I'll uh, I'll hop through. Oh, uh, and I'll look at my twin, and then I'll step through. Mm. Okay. Wonderful. And I think, I mean, Agun will go where Agun's twin is as well. Uh, so as your party enters this portal, uh, the bitter twang of conjuration magic surrounds you. The same kind of magic, uh, Adaria, you would recognize immediately that powers Dimension Door or Teleport uh, or Plane Shift. Uh, and you feel a familiar, mild, painless discomfort as your atoms scatter. Color and sound bleed into long strips all around you. The director's office vanishes and is replaced kind of brick by brick with that humble little homestead just sort of as you start to teleport into place. Uh, and as Dr. Aluso's cottage begins to stabilize in front of you, all of you feel a unfamiliar, peculiar, very weird tugging sensation. Uh, it's kind of like your fish in a roaring stream being pulled toward shore perpendicularly uh, by a pole wire hook. Dr. Aluso's cottage begins to flicker around you, begins to destabilize and, and disappear. Like those bricks that like came in begin to reverse back out of, out of existence. And it doesn't take a genius to realize intuitively that something here is wrong. Terribly, oh no. terribly wrong. Some kind of force, magic, influence is rerouting your destination. But all of you, as you realize this is happening, you're still discorporealized. 
right? Your bodies haven't reassembled or rematerialized yet. You don't have mouths to shout with, minds to form spells or thoughts with fully yet. And Adaria, in this flashing blackness, this flickering, stuttering midnight beginning to engulf you, you feel a wound. The magical particulates that comprise your twin are drifting away from you. Wherever you, Bamba, and Boatsin are being pulled toward, Agwoon is not going there. Agwoon is going elsewhere. And Adaria, while you're still swirling half-formed matter, half-formed soul, fractured mind, what do you do? I do anything? If I am- You can try. This mass of <laughs> raw rawness, um, if you I can see try. that my- Yep, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> if I see that my twin is starting to shift in a different area, um, I would try to go with or at Ooh. least try to pull, either go with or or whatever my body can do, my body's going to attempt to go with, but also attempt to pull. So like, you know, that tug of war, you're going to go one way or the other, just let force do what it does. Mm. But you, uh, and I, I can't say anything, but I'm actively feel my presence trying to make sure that they, the, 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 uh, the tether between us isn't separated. Mm. And in this swirling, lambent dust of matter and reality coalescing around you, we see kind of like abstractly represented bits of light that are that is Adaria amongst this like kind of like warp drive just <laughs> pillaring around all of you. Reach out toward another like swirling, like glowing, like golden light. We see these like two tethers like reach for each other. And you sense that Agun is also trying to reach back toward you, but it's not enough. Whatever is drawing a wound away is too powerful for you to counter in this state. And we just sort of see these like two tendrils of light trying to reach for each other amidst this swirling darkness and then poof, cut away from each other. And darkness, deep and perfect oblivion, wraps around your senses all the way down. The weave tenses, squeezes, reverberates in every direction like shadows passing through a loom. And then, all three of you, your feet touch solid ground. <laughs> Reality <laughs> swirls and ribbons and solidifies back around you and you find yourselves in a round chamber. Arranged along the curved walls in a perfect circle are eight nooks. A different statue sits within each nook, carved into the likeness of one of the eight gods. It's snowing in this chamber. White flakes drift past your eyes. Your breath comes out in these thick, opaque clouds. A bone-deep chill is settling in. And light, thin and fragile as a bird's egg, filters down into this chamber. And if you crane your neck up, you think you see miles of jagged darkness, stone walls, opalescent veins running through rock. Maybe there's a way out, straight up. Maybe there isn't. Either way, there is a more immediately pressing concern, which is the fact that there is no floor in this chamber. The eight statues overlook a massive pit. No, a chasm, plunging down, down, down into interminable darkness. Thankfully, a bridge extends from each nook, eight in total, 
converging in the center of this floorless chamber upon a raised dais. Each of you, when you teleport in here, I think you zap onto one of these walkways, one of these eight walkways, seemingly at random. And let's actually uh, start with Adaria as you corporealize. I want you to tell me which god's bridge did you zap onto? So in the in the the mess of that, ah, Agwoon's essence seems to not be with. And I think in her mind, um, she was going through and trying to figure out what might be happening, why things shifted around. And because she's so connected to her sibling, I think she actually lands on the Raven Queen's walkway, being the goddess of birth and death. Um, just thinking about family. Mm. Mm, totally. You poof, land on this like stone bridge that's barely five feet across. It's kind of like bridge is kind of being generous here. It's almost like a thin vein, right? Like branching across this pit toward that central dais. And behind you, the statue of the Raven Queen, I think represented here as like a, a, wo- a woman, uh, sort of shrouded in thick raven feathers, sort of like uh, these, this massive cape, like bulging like off of like her shoulders, right? Like leaning on a cane right with like the visages of ravens painted across across her form right as you land and you gather your bearings and adaria as you're still like getting your senses together we're gonna pan over to bomba which god's walkway did you land on there was a god you've described um in previous conversations and i remembered them because you kept using mountain to describe them what god is that Yudabathi, the three-headed god of mountains and war. Yes. Uh, You know, sounds a little unconventional, but there's um, a level of chaos that goes with mountains and war. And I think that that's where Bamba finds themselves. And they kind of like hit the ground on their butt. And immediately before even catching their own bearings, like, hold, okay, I'll beat these, these. Okay, one, two, three, four, five, six. And they count all the way to like, 400 um, out loud before they even take uh, the time to consider and look around at their surroundings. Mm. You also, your hooves clack against the stone, you count your bees, and then you notice, wow, this walkway you're on is barely five feet across. And behind you, right, it extends from that little nook in the wall, you see a three-headed statue, Yudabathi with four arms. One of them is gripping a lightning bolt, and the other one is sort of like, uh, one of the other four is sort of like in like a strong motion, and the other two are sort of splayed out in like almost like a graceful uh, dancing formation, right? Each of the three heads, an orc, an elf, and a dwarf, uh, mounted upon a broad shoulder. Whoa. Uh, is is anyone else here? Yes, Bamba, your voice echoes out, swallowed by the vastness of this chamber. It sounds like a tiny little pinprick dropping into an ocean, uh, echoing off the rock walls of this cavern. And we sweep across a, a chasm to find Botin. Uh, if I can, uh, like, I think Botin is going to, like, uh, land, like, uh, like almost, like, uh, like hands on one bridge, feet on another, <laughs> just like full kind of cat splayed out, like just caught themselves. They look down into the abyss. And I think one of the bridges probably leads to Munchen Judy. And then I think the other one, uh, please correct me if I pronounce these wrong, but is it Scard and Kectis? Scard and Nectis. Nectis, yeah. 
uh, I think, like, astride those two bridges and uh, kind of probably takes a, a moment to sort of look up, clocks both of them, uh, and then uh, is going to swing onto the Mönchengjödi uh, bridge. Uh, I think looks uh, and probably is, like, checks everything, like, opens every pocket, like, checks the bow, uh, quiver everything, make sure everything's still in the right place, um, and then just looks really alarmed. <laughs> like, mm. did not like that sensation one bit. Mm. Uh, he's done a lot of dream walking and stuff, but, like, not having any kind of corporeal form is just not, uh, yeah, he was not down for that. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't hurt, but it's it's weird. It's mm. super, super weird, like, yeah. to be pulled apart, right? Like, gossamer and then reassembled. It's an odd uh, sensation. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And I'll look over and what happened? What was that? I didn't like it at all. And there is, uh, where is the other, uh, the other twin? Uh, uh, have we? <laughs> I look down the chasm like, ooh, did that? You see that Daria is probably her, her, her back is, or her, she's facing the statue. Not, not, uh, not intentionally, but that's just how she formed. And she stayed there, but you all slowly see the constellations on her arms begin to light up. And as she turns around, you see her normal white, I mean, uh, brown hazel eyes are completely black with like starlight on the inside. Where is my sibling? Uh, we uh, know the same as you. Uh, Adaria, right? <laughs> Listen, uh, I don't, uh, we don't know anymore. This is all a surprise for everyone. And I, I think the best thing we can do is probably work together in order to not, I can see that there's a lot going on for you right now. And I don't want to deny that emotion for you because it's, you're feeling it, it's there and it's, it's just truth. So embrace that, but just let's not embrace it upon, we are, I think a team. Yeah. Unless one As of you they are talking, case. I begin to um, motion in the air, and you see almost like an envelope form, and I'm going to cast Sending. Ooh. Mm. What do you try to say to Agoon? I try to say, where are you? Are you alive? If so, then we are fine. Okay. There just needs to be confirmation. Okay. If there's not confirmation... I don't apologize for what's coming next. <laughs> so you draw this envelope, envelope that glows <laughs> in the darkness and you form like a sigil with your hands and you send this message. And usually when you cast sending, I think because you're such a, a, a skilled caster, you're often able to feel where it's going to, right? And you'll know that if you're unable to send it, if, it like, if something interferes, right? So you feel, uh, actually, why don't we make an arcana check for me? Oh, I'm angry. 29. Hey! 29. Wow. wow. Love it. You feel the message go south. South, south, south. Still here on the material plane. Uh, you're still on the same plane of existence, so thank goodness. Uh, on the now. But as it travels south, 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 past Nabal, past the Hema Sea, toward Uhanahi, the message rams into a barrier surrounding the URL and it fails to send it bounces back to you can I tell that it went to the URL yes it was trying to go there trying to get to a mm -hmm. goon but there was a barrier right like that prevented it the fact that it attempted to connect 
means they are alive because sending would have failed completely if they died. The fact that it went to the URL, which is the place that we are intending to go, she she's unsure why and how Agun got sucked there before or when she didn't, but she's not going to question it. He, they are a very skilled magic user, understanding something that even she doesn't. Um, so if they got there, then they're safe, at least in, in, in Adaria's mind. Um, and you see the constellations begin to um, fade, go back to their normal tattoo-esque form and her um, the blackness fades away from her eyes, leaving just the brown hazel. And you see her take a giant breath. Bertian's hand moves away from his bow. <laughs> okay, good, cool. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I don't know about you two, but I have a feeling that we're actually not far from where we intended to be. I mean, I don't know uh, too many places where it snows, and um, well, it's still snowing. So, oh, if we just I got... never made that connection. <laughs> ah, look at that. Yeah, well, you did. There you are. You did it all by yourself. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So welcome. Uh, so the goal, uh, hi, I'm Bamba, by the way. Um, and these are my uh, 399 bees. We lost one on the way, but it happens. I'm very sorry to hear that. Uh, oh, um, thanks, thanks. I'm uh, uh, Wang Bo Tien, but everyone calls me Bo, so. Bo, um, nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you. And, um, uh, you are, uh, how are you feeling? Uh, Adria, are, are you? Uh, Adaria? Adaria, are you? Uh... You'll see how you're t- taking in the space for a moment, not necessarily discombobulated, more not focusing on them intentionally, just for a moment, just, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. collect herself. And when she feels like she is in a stable place, she'll look back at the two of them. <sighs> Adaria. Yes, I do not know exactly where we are, but as long as we are not too far from our journey or the destination, then we are fine. Yeah, we're, we're, we're couriers. We have, well, I have two badges. Uh, Adaria, did you, did, did you put on your badge? I can't tell from over here. No. Oh, do, do you want me to wear it for you? I don't think she even dignifies that with the answer. <laughs> I want I wanted to yes and that, but I really don't think she dignifies that with an answer. I think Bob's like, I, I, I think that's a yes, uh, Bob. I think that's a mm-hmm. yeah, go for it. Okay, awesome. <laughs> you, you do you. <laughs> yeah, uh, but, but, well, we have to get out of here first and then we'll we'll make the swap. Um, any ideas? I mean, uh, I have the means to climb, but I'm not sure if I can carry anyone. Um, can I do uh, some, can I just sort of uh, have a little sweep around, see if there's anything? Yes, actually. These statues seem like they can move. Mm. Uh, is anything else moving in this room that we should know about? Actually, because uh, that's a great mm. question. Why don't all of you make a nature check for me as you gather your bearings? Oh, I'm so good at that, thanks. I got a four. I was extremely <laughs> sarcastic. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I rolled an 18. Whoa, 18. okay. Bamba, 
All you get is what I described. Your bees are very disturbed by the loss of one of their own. So maybe that's like yeah. kind of like swarming by you. That's keeping you occupied. We're having a small funeral. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, it's just <laughs> happening in the back. <laughs> You're yeah. Uh, Adaria and Boa. It takes you a minute, but you feel like you kind of know where you are. These rocks, the ancient way that these gods are portrayed. The air that smells like it's never been smelled before. You're in the chasm. The Euclid chasm. And upon that realization, which is, of course, a chasm that no one's ever gone into and ventured out of alive, all of you feel the soft, ambient magic in this room just kind of drifting off of the statues. They're definitely magical. You feel all of it just tense. The weave gasps. And then vibrating into existence like a glitch in the matrix is a shadow. It appears on the dais in the center of this chamber, its edges jittering like sand in a bottle. It's featureless, fleeting, assembled in the vague shape of a person, a slice of darkness flickering in and out of visibility, unstable, psionic, pulsing. The weave jitters around it like dirt in an earthquake, and whatever this thing is, you don't even need to make a check, it's unstable, and it exudes power. What do the three of you do? I aim my bow at it. <laughs> okay, yes. Yeah, I see you've got you've got uh, your arms it, drawn. Who's 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 closest to to it? Sorry, just so I because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm trying to visualize where we're where we're at. It's in the center of the chamber, so you're all equidistant oh, right. from it, right? Because you're all on okay. the walkway. Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, I'll call out and just say, state your intention. What do you mean? To, uh, do you mean to be here? The shadow makes a noise, like limestone grinding against basalt, uh, and you realize that it's talking. Uh, its voice is heavily distorted, right? Like it's been run through 10 different compressors and equalizers all at once. Uh, and it's, it's super, super difficult to make out like what it's trying to say. But all of you do hear two distinct words in common. Letter. Now. Mm. It, it wants it wants the letter? No, no, that's that's ours. Well, not ours, but this yes, is ours to deliver. In our possession, while we wear the while I wear the badges. If you want the letter, you will need to tell us who you are. Time now. Letter. I'm afraid you're not getting anything if you can't be more precise. Now! And Adaria, your armor class is 17, right? Ooh. Okay. Adaria, you are going to take... Uh, reaction. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. All right. If it, Let's go. As, Let's go. As I'm watching this thing, if it has a, it has attempted to um, attack me in some way, shape, or form... Yes, yes, it has. You can see me almost like a backhand... Um, in in the air, but as I do, you specifically see it's weird because you should see a constellation, but this looks broken. This looks like something that did exist and no longer does. Can't even place what it might be, and I need it to make a wisdom saving throw. Oh, oh God! Okay, yeah. what's your uh, DC? I'm sorry. Never mind. 
You rolled a two. That's a important die being rolled. Oh! Oh my gosh! Okay, so it's total, it's total is a 14. Ooh, that's a high wisdom save. Good. Um, It is shunted to an, uh, sorry, you target the target, you target the triggering creature, must succeed on a wisdom saving throw, or it vanishes being thrown to another point in time and causing to attack to miss. And Ooh. it will come back at the start of its next turn at the closest unoccupied space. Okay. And it doesn't remember me casting a spell or being affected by it. Temporal okay. shunt. What does it look like as, I think I'll just describe what the attack looks like before you interrupt it for, mm-hmm. for a bit, just to give you some info. Uh, it seems to raise a limb, an arm. It's really hard to tell. It's like a glitching shadow that's just in and out of existence constantly, right? Uh, and you see something whirl out from its full shadowy body. It looks like maybe a uh, black blade, like a obsidian shard just hurtles toward you, Adaria. And as it gets closer and closer, some of the darkness starts to ribbon off of it, revealing a little bit of uh, some sort of blue light. But that's when you interrupt the spell. Uh, or sorry, that's when you interrupt the attack. So what does it look like as you shunt it? Um, what happens is, as I kind of draw this sigil, this broken constellation, you see even the the cracks within this um, connected dot form cracks even more and shatters in front of me, and then almost like fractal forms jut around this entity, whatever it is, just almost, it shouldn't exist in this space, but somehow it does, it just continuously moves, and anyone, I would say, anyone who's connected to the weave in any way, shape, or form can tell this is raw weave being utilized right now. This is the barest of what is barely still here. And she uses that to just shunt it out of existence. The weave just rips it from and okay. dumps it to a place for about six seconds before you had to come back. Uh, the weave ripples and they're gone? And for like a beat, nothing oh. happens. What? Where nice did- work, Daria. Uh, that, that was so cool. Prepare, they'll be back. Oh, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> and <laughs> they reappear, right? Uh, it, like their arm limb sort of thrown back in the same position. And just just as you established it, Arya, they don't seem to remember like what they attempted to do. And you just hear them say in the same cadence and diction as earlier, no, right? And as they start to like fling their arm forward again. But on that, they don't get that surprise attack anymore. All of you get to roll initiative. Yes. Okay. Oh, man. 19. Uh, that's, a, that's a 30. <laughs> a five. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the contrast. I love it. Ooh, okay. First to act, surprising no one, will be Wong Wotun. <laughs> uh, okay, cool. So I think that... Uh, in like a a flash of movement, uh, Bortien uh, like rolls forward, pulls the bow out, uh, aims it, I think, directly where he assumes the head of this creature is, uh, and is going to unleash. As uh, he unleashes, uh, you hear he kind of like very faintly whispers into uh, the bow. He says, uh, "My dreams will become your nightmare." Uh, and then uh, he's going to loose an arrow. Uh, okay, here we go. <laughs> I rolled a nat 19 uh, for minus uh, five, so that's plus seven. So 26. Yeah, the 26 would hit. 
Okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, 26. I just need to roll some damage. This could take me a, a second, so apologies. Uh, this is a crit um, because I am an assassin rogue. Uh, so if they haven't acted before, then this is a crit. Uh, Double the my, dice. Uh, so with my oath bow, uh, that is going to be... Let me just... I've already worked this out ahead of time. I have favored foe, sneak attack... Uh, Dread Ambusher, uh, and my Oath Bow, so I'm pretty sure this works out at... Yeah, this is 13 uh, D8 plus 66. Oh my god! So I'm just gonna roll... <laughs> I'm gonna use the online roller for this, uh, mm -hmm. so that I don't take the whole session. Uh, I've also got Sharpshooter, so this will be plus 15, whatever the damage is. Uh, cool. So that is a hundred and eight points of damage for my first attack. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, what does it look like as your arrow, like I think, travels through where its head? Question mark might be. <laughs> so I think as the uh, I say, yeah, I say that um, uh, my dreams will become your nightmare. And I think that you see the arrow as it's firing is like blinking kind of like in and out, almost like the arrow itself is weaving between this and like the, the like the um, the dream, like the play of dreams um, until it kind of, I think the arrow basically is trying to figure out like where this person is on the like uh, on the plate on whichever plane of existence they are to try and hit as true as possible. Uh, and then uh, I think as it sinks in, I, I think the arrow like shatters and kind of like causes more uh, damage uh, to this uh, to this creature. Mm. Um, and then I look, see that it's I'm guessing it's still there, and I'll go hmm. Not enough. Understood. And I'll loose another arrow. <laughs> okay. As the first arrow strikes true on its head, question mark, it, you see it sort of snap back, right? And it takes a step back, like from the force of it just exploding across its head. And then it lowers its shadowy form back down, and it seems to fix its attention on you away from Adaria. Hmm. Good. You can try and hit me if you like. Uh, that is 24 to hit. Uh, that will hit, yes. Cool. This is still a crit, but I don't get as quite as much uh, on this one because I don't get sneak attack, so I don't get the D6s. Uh, I don't think I get any of the D6s, but I still get... Let me see. One, two, three, four. Uh, so I still... This is still 6D8. Okay. <laughs> this is wild. Plus a... Uh, 15. So for my second attack, uh, that is 30, 41 points of damage. Okay. Are you also trying to hit it in its head again? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going straight for the... Uh, in fact, I'm going exactly where the previous arrow was. So I think maybe this arrow shatters the previous arrow. <laughs> that was, <there. laughs> was kind of like lodged into this like murky full, darkness. Yeah. yeah. A full Robin Hood style, yeah. <laughs> mm, totally. Yeah, it just poof, poof these two arrows, bam, bam, like hit and explode. And it's clearly like a really intense shot. Like Wong Bloodsian knows what the fuck he's doing, right? Like as you mm -hmm. went after the other. And this thing just sort of like, it, it head cocks back again from the momentum and it like lowers again and begins to, it takes like a step forward off the top platform of the dais onto the step mm -hmm. underneath it and starts to advance toward you. Almost like if you're, if you're like fighting a boss in like Elden Ring or something and you're unleashing attacks and it like flinches a bit, but is still like coming forward. You know what I mean? Like that's sure, sure. the situation here. 
Uh, and then, uh, how far away from the, am I away from the wall? Let's say 40 feet, 40 feet. So you're kind of in the middle and each bridge is 80 feet, let's say. Okay, dope. Uh, I'm going to, in which case, uh, I'm gonna slowly start backing up, pretending to be scared. I'm like, oh, how are you still alive? And then I'm gonna like, uh, I wanna try like gesture as if I'm gonna jump off the bridge. Uh, and as I do, I'm going to use nature's veil and I turn invisible. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, I turn invisible and then I'm going to back all the way up as far as I can towards the wall, basically. Mm, yeah, darkness just ripples across your body and Wang Wutian is nowhere to be seen. Uh, but your mm -hmm. back sort of bumps against the statue. Do you have a 40 feet of movement? Uh, no, sorry, 35. So I'm like five Okay, so you're like, you're like five feet away from the statue. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, is that the end of your turn? Yes, that is the end of my turn. Uh... Decent, decent amount of damage. Good round. Okay. At the end of your turn, Boatsian, I need you to... You know what? Not yet. Uh, so it will... Ominous. <laughs> okay. Right. <laughs> Let's see. Okay. Bomba. Uh -huh. uh, at the end of Boatsian's turn, this thing, even though it's advancing toward Boatsian, it had paused when Boatsian went invisible, but then it kept kind of walking. It like took it in and then it kept walking. It flings out one of its shadowy limbs, question mark, and you see like a, a, a obsidian blade, the same one that tried to hit Adaria, like fly off of its body, not even looking at you. It like makes a direct angle toward you. Uh, okay. I'm assuming, are there any re reactions? Before I like roll damage for this, does anyone want to like make a reaction or anything? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't think my bees can do much. No. Okay, sounds good. Uh, Bamba, you are going to take 11 points of magical piercing damage and 21 points of psychic damage. Uh, as when it hits you, uh, shadows shatter off of the, you realize now, this kind of like psionic blade. It's like glowing this kind of like bright sapphire blue. And tell me, where does it, where does it nail you? Uh, probably across the chest. Yeah, uh, it like pierces. Poof, I think it just hits you like like underneath one shoulder, and I think you stagger a little bit uh, from from the force of, force of getting hit. So make a strength saving throw for me. Oof! See if the bees can hold me up. Uh, eleven. That is not quite sufficient. I think the bees fall back with me. The bees fall back with you, and you tip into the chasm uh, at the end of Boatsin's turn. You like just sort of like lose your balance, and like darkness begins to swallow up and and greet you. Uh, so, okay. next up is gonna be you, Bamba. Woo, I'm falling, which is not that big of a deal. Um, I'm gonna use my gathered swarm. Let me find, basically they can carry me up to 10 feet for a minute. Uh, so as long as I can, it's just my special. Uh, so I think that's pretty much what's going to have to happen. They kind of catch me like a little bed of bees and uh, it's a little difficult, you know, they're not, they're, they're bees. They don't really carry people. Uh, so they have to like slowly kind of heave me back onto the bridge again. And there's a moment where I have to bombast to kind of catch their their stability again. And like their little hooves shake a little bit on the bridge. Okay, oh, that was scary. That was scary, but it's fine, it's fine. I'm just gonna go ahead and give myself a little bit of inspiration because if this happens again, and I'm gonna cast Bardic Inspiration on myself. Um, this also means I can summon a mode of potential. Um, 
which it's just gonna be like uh, an extra large fuzzy bee uh, in that shape. And that just kind of helps me on some ability to check attack rolls and saving throws. Sounds yeah, good. That's my turn, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, you get like lifted back up onto the walkway and a massive fuzzy bumblebee appears and sort of like shields you and, and inspires you and, and, and gives you some magic. Oh my God, that's adorable. Yes, exactly. That I don't thing. know how to like get it to stay. That's adorable. I love it. Um, <laughs> at the end of your turn, Bomba, this thing, while still advancing toward where Wang Boqian was, uses its other arm to fling another psionic blade out toward Adaria. Uh, so I will make another attack roll. If it's going to swing something at me, I'm going yes. to attempt a shield. Okay, so what would that bump your uh, AC up to? 21. Uh, it just it just hits. It just hits. Uh, yeah. So what? Tell me what shield looks like as you attempt to protect um, yourself. With my staff, um, I um, slam into the ground, and as I do, there are these sparks that kind of form um, um, a constellation, and it is. Oh, I have it written down. It's literally the shield constellation. I forgot its name. Um, but as it does, it's just a, um, a magical aura that it goes ab uh, above her. But I would see that I would say that uh, with the discombobulation of what's what's going on, as it goes up, that blade just manages to pierce through it um, mm. and reaches her. Yeah, totally. It like like goes right past the shield, and bam! Where does it hit you? Probably her stomach. Ooh, yeah, there's like, I think some wind gets knocked out of you from just how mm -hmm. hard this like blade ugh, like punches into your gut. And I need you to take nine points of magical piercing damage and 23 points of psychic. Mm. Yes. Nine and 23. Yes. 30. So that's 32. Yeah. And okay. just, just like Bomba, I need you to make a deck save. Uh, sorry, strength save. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's cool. We we absolutely love that one. Um, no, three. Oh. That's a neg that's a four with a negative one. No. Ooh, yeah. Yikes. Just like Bomba, Adaria, you fly off the platform. I think. Like I think you see your like dress rippling like up above mm -hmm. you, right? And like the light trailing lambently down from the ceiling begins to get smaller and smaller as you start to topple into the chasm. And speaking Can I use of, go ahead. Fall? I don't. I've yeah. never used featherfall a day in yeah, my you, life. Yeah, that's a reaction when someone starts reaction. to fall. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. I just met you, but I can't let you down. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm gonna cast featherfall in the what does form it look like? of just like uh, it's like a, a feathery bee. Yeah. <laughs> Bamba has one one thing going for them, and it's bees and flowers. I love it. Yeah, a big ghostly feathery bee appears underneath Adaria, and Adaria, like your your very quick descent softens, right? And you hear like a low from like a big fat old bumblebee underneath you, uh, as wings splay across your back. Perfect. Yes. Uh, and speaking of which, Adaria, it is now your turn. Let's say you're maybe like ten feet off the platform, right? And like the bee is right so there. So that was my that was my curiosity. Do I need to use my action to get back up if I got caught? Um, let's say you have to spend half your speed, kind of like getting up from prone. Uh, to half like my get, speed to get. 
yeah, oh. to get onto the uh, platform. Okay, perfect. Okay. I will take that. Uh, Great. Thank you, gracious the bee, the bee like, um, vroom, like levitates upward and like sort of dumps <laughs> you like onto the bridge. <laughs> yeah, I, I could definitely, yeah, I feel like she'll, she'll just kind of reach out and attempt to pull herself up. So that'd be 15 of my feet um, to get up. And I'll just kind of dust myself off. Um, and I'll look up at this creature and I'll say, my sibling is not here and I'm not in the mood for this. And I'm going to draw in the air um, a sigil of, uh, it almost actually looks like the bow that Bois has, um, but a little sl more slender. And there is a singular arrow that is uh, has a, a hint of green and it shoots forward. Can they please make me a um, dexterity saving throw? And do I want to do this? Do I feel like doing this? It's, it's a hard save, but I don't know how dexterous they are. Mm. I, I say use it. I say it's a one shot, right. pump it all in. Mm -hmm. I don't trust it. That's a natural one. Ah, okay. Oh, hell yes. Okay, with a nat one, it, it gets a nine, uh, but I assume that fails. So yes. do what you do. Disintegrate. Oh. Okay. Oh. Uh, that is 10d6 plus 40. Yo! Roll oh. it. Oh my days. Um, that will, oof. Oof. Ooh, that's a, that's a good face. Right? <laughs> it's about. <laughs> yes. That's, that's, oh, um, bad. that's bad. That's bad news for Connie's face. That's what that um, is. I love it. What is math? Um, oh, I don't know. I can't help you. 89 <laughs> points of force oh. damage. Oh my. Oh, yikes. Ouch. Okay. Where, what does the arrow look like as it collides into this shadowy thing? Um, it, it just goes into the nexus point of this being. So like their, like their the center. Chest. Right. Yeah. Sure. Um, and as it hits, there is a, almost like a, a, a controlled nuclear explosion. Um, as this raw magic just <laughs> slams right into it. Mm. Um, and if if it's still alive, there are parts of it that are clearly starting to decay, but not even decay, almost entropy is taking over as it begins to just turn into ruin from the mm. inside out. It does survive, but what you describe is accurate. Like a hole has been blasted through its center where you sort of see like little dust particulates begin beginning to like sift off of it, right? Like sand going through a sieve, right? And like what's left behind is very, very little. It just begins to lift up and it does pause. It was sort of like at the mouth of the bridge where Butin was, right? And it, it freezes there and it sort of like staggers a little bit, like from the accumulated damage taken from Butin and Adaria and it sort of like, sort of turns its head as if it's like trying to like recenter itself, right? Like upon the platform. Yeah. But here's the, the thing about that. As I did that, you all almost saw like a clock appear behind her as I meta magic that to be my bonus action. Oh my god, oh yes. My. Okay, so what's your action? You just tried to destroy me. You had me <laughs> F up. Yeah, um, go off. Though I don't, I have a feeling it's immune to this, seeing the type of damage we just taken. So mm -hmm. something else forms. You see um, her slam the, uh, actually no, uh, as the um, 
the parts of it that became ruinous, uh, ruinic, um, fall into the ground. You see her uh, draw um, what almost looks like a, a tombstone of some sort. And she looks back at the, the statue of the Raven Queen. This is accurate. Um, and as she draws it, there is a hand that reaches up and attempts to grab um, this creature as mm. I cast Chill Touch. Nice. Um, that is a 31 to hit. Uh, yes, that would that would hit. Mm. It's not undead, is it? I don't think it is. No, 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 it's not. Okay, I did not yeah. think so. Yeah. Um, it's going to take 19 points of uh, necrotic damage. Necrotic? Okay. Yeah, like That's- a hand comes up and grabs onto it, right? Like maybe onto one of its like shimmering, flickering, glitching legs. And we just sort of see this necrotizing energy sparks uh, up its up its limb, right? As it's kind of like rooted there, like to the spot because of the spell. Perfect. Is there anything else you do, Adaria? That is action bonus, action movement. I'll actually stay <laughs> exactly where I am. So cool. Okay. At the end of your turn, uh, can I make one slight thing? Uh, yes. I completely forgot. Um, uh, I actually, with the Dread Ambusher thing, I get an extra 10 feet of movement for that round. Could I have scaled the wall five feet? I have a, a gloves that let me uh, have an equal climbing speed. To okay, then speed. yes. So can I yes, if you have like some gloves. On the wall? You're like spidering um, it up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm like Spider-Man, invisible Spider-Man on the wall right now. Yeah. Okay. Just, uh, just in case. No, no, no. no. Thank you for that picture. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking yeah. of invisible Spider-Man on the wall, at the end of a Daria's turn, Botian, I need you to make an intelligence saving throw. Yo, that's like the one thing the Boa really doesn't have. <laughs> <laughs> you have a weakness. Um, okay, let's see. Oh, I rolled a nat 17. Probably not good enough. I have a plus zero. <laughs> oh, oh, a plus zero? So it's yeah. just a 17? It's just uh, a 17. Uh, that is not quite sufficient. Okay, so on a it's failed save. Yeah. Okay, okay. On a failed save, boy, you have to... Okay, I'll paint a picture first. It's sort of like staggered there, right? And it like its head sort of cracks, cracks, right? The chill touch still on its leg. It's disintegrating like from its, its solar plexus. And it looks up. And boy, even though you're invisible, you get the sense that it can see you. Uh, and I need you on a failed save to give up too. So these are your three options. Either give up a secret, a weakness, or your next move. You have to pick two. Yo! A secret, a... Sorry, what was the second one? A weakness, or your next move. I give up a secret and a weakness. I don't think Bo would ever reveal his next move. Okay, that's super fair. Uh, what secret do you give up? Uh, hmm. <laughs> what secret does Bo give up? But gives up, is still, I think, wanted to, and is still considering hunting down and killing the uh, paragon uh, that he met on the road uh, and helped through the, the dream shield. Like, he is so conflicted by that whole experience and still thinks they are not worthy and is uh, has been contemplating for some time whether or not that would be the right route to prove his worthiness. So, Oka? Yeah. <laughs> okay, what's the weakness you give up? 
Uh, I mean, they found my weakness, intelligence. <laughs> uh, I mean, if not that, uh, I guess pride. It, yeah, he would probably would rather die than like shame himself or his family. I think that's probably a weakness. <laughs> that okay. That could be used against him. <laughs> okay. As these two things are plucked and drawn, like you can see them, like these two specific things that you hold on to, like come out of you. And both Bamba and Adaria see like the darkness in this chasm swirl and form a face, like an illusion, right? That's drawn out of Botian's body. Uh, we see the face of a drow-like Osimar that both Bamba, you, and Adaria recognize. Um, this person has sort of like slate gray skins, freckles and scars up the wazoo, like this kind of short black hair with like a widow's peak, right? And these like two bright blue eyes with double pupils in each eye, and these like kind of like circular eyebrows on top and a kind of like grouchy demeanor. Adaria, you recognize this as Oka, uh, one of the PCs that you met at, you know, at the hot springs. And Bamba, you also recognize Oka from uh, the freaking crab racing thing that you did yes. on the beach. <laughs> Oka's drawn out of Botian, as well as, I think, how does pride take form, Boa, as it's, like, pulled out of you? Uh, I think it's, like, a, a family snapshot. Like, it's, like, him and his family sort of stood wearing their, like, full regalia. Uh, probably stood, pro honestly, prob he's probably, like, sat, like, uh, like or in the throne room. Like, you know, probably, like, he seeing himself as, like, the, the rightful descendants uh of uh and, and ruler and rulers mm. so that's probably what it looks like mm. yeah baba and adaria both of you see this shudder into existence and now it's this thing's turn it pauses at the bottom of the dais right like not quite stepping onto any one of your bridges but it seems to like assess the situation right it pull it like holds out a shadowy limb and pulls those visions of oka and wang Tian's family photo like toward it and it sort of like sinks into its shadowy form almost like it's absorbing this knowledge it takes a minute and it turns and it says something in that like crackling bleeding glitchy compressed voice uh, that just kind of sounds like hurt you. And I need all of you to make an intelligence saving throw. Oh, not again. <laughs> Good thing I gave myself inspiration. Don't even Natural 20. Mm. Oh, let's go. Let's okay. go. I, I think I need one of these natural 20s, as you call them. And I got another 17. Come on. Oh, 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 that's just, that's shy. That's shy of it. Yeah, I thought so. 14. Oh, okay. So, Bamba and Boa, you don't save. Adaria, because you got a nat 20, usually on a failed save, you take half. But because mm -hmm. of the nat 20, you take zero. And I'll also let you do something else, but I'll get to you in a second. Uh, Sick. Boatian and Bamba, the two of you watch this thing as it flings its limbs outward and like a wave of what just feels like destructive psionic mental power just poof, emanates outward from it sweeping forward in an arc and adaria you get hit with this too but i mean you're a spellcaster through and through you know how to deal with shit like this we'll get to you in a sec so bamba and bo i need the two of you to take okay i will also just roll for this online because it's faster <laughs> that means there's a lot of dice. Right. That's Gary. 
Ah. <laughs> uh, 63 points of psychic damage. Yo, good morning. Oh my How y'all doing? How y'all doing? I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good. Okay. Bomba? Uh, Bomba ah! does not look so good. Uh-uh, <laughs> uh-uh. Does that bring you uh, to zero? We're looking a little low on beast. No, we are okay. close. We are, I won't. I we're close. <laughs> Scared to disclose. Okay, yeah. So the two of you, it's just raw, unadulterated pain searing through your nerves. Like like ice picks, just like piercing themselves like into your nervous system and your brain, like hitting the exact places that will like bring you to your knees. Like this person's attack, this creature's like wave of psychic energy seems to be specifically targeted to like make you buckle. Right, like it's almost like a medical kind of precision, right? Like they understand how both of you tick very well. Mm. Adaria, tell me how you defend your mind from this. I think as we kind of discussed, she has been so ingrained and especially knowing that magic's failing and people are losing power and the fact that she hasn't yet, which is also scary for her, um, learning how to protect herself from any magical intrusion or any type of um, jaunt, um, especially from the weave, uh, because she's assuming that something's hitting or like something not attacking them, but there's there's something that is is causing them to just lose it all, uh, which is how she started connecting more to the rawness of the weave versus what it can become. Because as we all know, the weave is a weave and then it fractures into like the divine arcane, stuff like that, going into that base having such a connection to that base is also protecting her from whatever this thing it's doing because it can't break that it can't break what created all mm, yeah you just form like an like an intellect fortress almost Boom, like mm -hmm. a wall just goes up in your mind and you brace against it it can't like pierce your weaknesses like the same way it was able to sink its teeth into bomba and boy you are you are unreadable here right uh and because of the nat 20 if you want to you can make a insight check okay Let's do it, so. 22. Okay. Uh, you hear its voice, it's talking. It's been, you realize actually, it's been talking this entire time. Uh, its words just haven't been legible as words because it's like, like just static fuzz. It's like trying to communicate something to the three of you in a more and more urgent and volatile way. Like as the fight goes on, it seems to get more desperate even with your 22 okay. insight check. And you hear the words, Kurt, don't, Kurt, letter, time, borrowed, time. Don't hurt letter, borrowed time. Yes, those are the like legible not, not, phrases not, you can point yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I will let you sit with that for a minute as you like think about it because this thing has another action. So it is going to turn to face you, Adaria. It seems to realize you're the only one that's saved against like this like intelligence saving throw. And you see it like bring its arms in. It seems to think, right? It like jitters, it like pauses for half a second. It seems to like cock its head and consider you for a minute. Uh, and then it sort of like, like throws out its arm. Uh, and I need you to make a con save. A con save? Mm. I actually don't like that. Um, it seems to be like targeting each of your particular weaknesses, actually, as the as the nine. fight goes on. Yeah. Okay. So on a failed save, you're gonna have to choose two. 
Uh, so you're either gonna take a considerable amount of damage, I'm not gonna lie, it's gonna sting, uh, lose a magical item forever, or answer a really hard question. She will take damage. Okay. And she will answer a hard question. Okay. Magic is finite. Magic is valuable. Mm -hmm. She's not giving up a magic item. Mm. She can be healed, so. Okay. Then the hard question that you're gonna have to answer as psychic pain. I think this kind of blast was different from the other one. This one triggered a con save, not an int save. So it's actually like a physical force wave sweeps out instead of a mental attack, because it seems to know that you're weak physically. So like a massive wave of like invisible force, bam, punches into you. And I think, ugh, like blow some of like the, ugh, the wind out of your lungs. And I need you to answer what terrible visions rack your mind. Failure because this has been almost her, her life's work, trying to um, fix what has happened, knowing that all of her work and even her her, her siblings' work could be for naught. Um, she has never needed to protect Agun. Agun has never needed to protect Adaria. They have always been very capable on their own. Um, so even like, you know, Agun not being here, it's not a big, you know, oh my God, who am I without my twin? Cause she knows who she is. Um, but if they don't do this together, she'll feel like she also failed them. Um, so you see uh, visions of Agun in their, in their starry form, but um, the constellations are plucked out as magic is leaving for good. Um, and almost like um, the Sistine Chapel of the two fingers touching, uh, attempting to connect with their tw twin, but they can't, they can't physically get there. Like stuck in this picturesque moment, um, nothing able to actually permeate. Um, knowing that not that all this can be for nothing, but that she can't, because there's the, the, the story of heroes, the story of people who do the impossible. And while she has always been a logical person, she's always been someone who takes fact, um, even with the metaphysical, it shouldn't be factual, but turning it into a fact. Um, she's always been able to have a hold on that, but even with all that being said, that, that potential of the impossible happening and knowing that she can do it, if she doesn't do it, it's just going to be devastating. So it's just a lot of raw, um, unadulterated sadness and, and being overwhelmed and over, over, over the burden is too much. So that's really what you're getting. You're getting these moments of just mm. pressure, um, surface pressure. <laughs> yeah, um. yeah. <laughs> you hold so much on your shoulders, Adaria, and that bam, blast of force energy just sort of knocks all of that shit loose from where you've like, I think settled it in your soul and it comes, it comes up flashing, right? Like little stars blitzing across your consciousness as you take 73 points of force damage, oh, straight to the gut. Nope, okay, then knocks me out. Adaria, as I think your body starts to crumple, right, as you like take a knee, right, like on this platform, you actually feel, uh, you don't go to zero, you don't get unconscious. 
you actually just drop to one. Because uh, this thing, as it like finishes like doing its attack, like lowers its hand back up. And I think you realize what's going on here. It was it specifically did a non-lethal attack against you. Like it wasn't trying to even knock you out. It specifically got you just to one. Like it knew the exact amount of damage to hit you with to just just relent just before you pass out. Right. And it like okay. s- like raises a fist and like stops doing what it's doing. And at the end of its turn, Bamba. The statue behind you, Yudabathi, you feel something crackle to life. And you see little sparks of red lightning like shoot out from, I think, a crimson gem embedded on the statue's body next to a golden gem and a black gem. But it's the crimson one that's sparking. And you feel just this... I think like a massive bolt of lightning explodes out of the statue and hits you, not painfully, but it's like you're zapped with adrenaline, right? And like your bees start fluttering to overtime. And like we see like your eyes like blow wide and like lightning get a spark off of you as the next time you would deal damage, you will get to roll twice as many dice. Uh, as you feel like this aspect of of Yudabathi is, is like roaring to life to, to help you in some way, like in, in this like perilous moment, right? Uh, so that's okay. what happens at the end of this thing's turn. We're gonna go back to the top of the order. As it happens though, all of you hear this thing, it continues to talk and it seems like the longer it tries to speak, the more legible its words begin to become, right? Hurt. Adaria. Time. Stop. Boy, it's your turn. What do you do? Uh, as I pop back into existence, like on the wall, Spider-Man style, uh, just like wincing still, like, oh, okay, uh, Adoria, um, I know we're wearing the badge as it were, but um, I know uh, there's gotta be a reason why it's us, right? There has to be a reason why it's us. Maybe we should just look at the fucking letter. To see what's in it, and then maybe we'll know if it's if us handing it over is going to cause the end of the world or something. That's illegal. I'm not bothered with illegal right now. <laughs> this thing is going to kill us. Adaria, just look at the letter. You all see. I mean, it's not in the term, but oh, God, Adaria <laughs> is down on one knee right now. Um, and the constellations on her have begun to glow again like they did when we first got here. Her eyes have solidified into black with starlight, but you see almost those fractals that was around the creature happening around her. It's going to resolve when it gets to her, but she does not respond. Um, Bomba, uh, if if uh, if you have something, please just please uh, use it. Use it yeah, now. No, I got shot by electricity. That's probably a good thing. It's fine. It's fine. I I'm just... sure it's a great thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to uh, for up on the wall. I'm going to peek my head down and uh, look at Monk Shinjudi's, uh statue and be like, okay. Uh, listen, if 
you have anything? Now would be the time. <laughs> uh, and then I am going to bonus action. Uh, you see that um, uh, what was happening to the arrow uh, kind of starts like happening to um, to Boa as uh, Boa is like kind of seems to like uh, if if you've watched the film Dune, there's like a the, the way uh -huh. they activate their shields. It kind of looks a bit like ah. that. Like there's just kind of like this kind of blurry uh, kind of nature appears around them. Uh, and they, uh, I'm gonna drop onto the platform and I want to run. I've got now because that basically gives me an extra twenty uh, feet of movement. Uh, I want to run, try and run into the center uh, so that I can potentially get to one of my allies if I need to. Um, and then I will wheel around uh, and uh, make hay on this thing <laughs> with my, okay. my bow. When you spoke to the statue of Mengshinger D, were you actually earnestly entreating it? Or is that just sort of a throwaway comment? Uh, I think... I think if 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 uh, Burr still has any uh, latent uh, thoughts that he might be the paragon, that there, there has to be. I think there has to be some genuine plead in. There. Okay, uh, then like a Boa. little bit. It's like ninety five percent sarcasm and like screw you, and five percent like. But seriously, if you do have okay. something. As you skid toward that dais in the center, just to paint you a picture again, this thing is stood at the end of your specific walkway, so you'd have to get past it, right, to, yep. like, get behind it. Okay. Uh, as you run and, like, book it forward, you hear a clear note ringing outward from the statue of Mengshinger D. Like, a single ding, almost like a, a prayer bell, right? Or, like, a prayer bowl being tapped with a wooden stick. Mm -hmm. uh, and boom! This centers your mind, actually, and fills you with focus. And Adaria, I think this note washes over you as well. Uh, and as Mengshinjurdi's, what is this? Like some sort of ambient magic radiating off of the statue as it reaches both of you? Both of you will gain advantage on your next attack roll, saving throw, or ability check. Uh, as you are centered and stabled. Okay. And I will say this and do what you will with it. I don't want to take away your turn or anything like that. Um, mm -hmm. When you plead it out, Adarius, though you pupilless, you can tell that she did make eye contact. Mm -hmm. um, and it was almost a... You could tell that something's taking over that she doesn't have control over. However, hold on. Hmm. Okay. Okay. I will, uh, I think what I will do, I think, uh, my bow is drawn and I think the string kind of vibrates with the notes, uh, and I think notches, like, Legolas style is gonna notch two arrows, hold, and then hold it, and you can see that the kind of, like, the bowstring is still quivering, uh, with the, like, the note as it's ringing out, and I look to Adaria and say, it's on you, uh, and then I can, I'll hold my, uh, I'll hold my action. Mm. Uh, to to fire, um, mm -hmm. allowing Adaria to uh, basically like complete whatever they uh, plan to do. And as soon cool. as I, it, I either basically I'm waiting for like some sort of command or something like bad to happen. If they make any kind of moves towards either of my allies or towards me, I'm firing as well. Okay, That's sounds good. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, well, are you like sliding past them to get onto the dais with your movement, yes. or are you okay? Yeah. So. They would be able to take an opportunity attack against you normally, but 
I've, uh, I, uh, well, uh, with my shimmering, uh, I, I like kind of blink uh, into the like dream plane for a second mm. as I run past them because okay. uh, what I cast on myself basically uh, doesn't allow me to uh, get up to be targeted times, by. So okay, they, cool. sounds good. Yeah, so you blink and. Awesome, yeah. You appear you appear on the dais, and it sort of, like, almost turns to, like, mark where you've gone, right? Like, tracking you throughout this. So, Bula, you're going to hold your action, which means we go next to Bomba. Um, Bomba is uh, nervously doing that little tippy-tap dance they do when they're trying to make a decision. Um, and they kind of pat around on their body, and they pull out this rod. Um... This is a Rod of Resurrection, which also has charges for healing. Um, and they kind of like look it up and down like, okay, I know what side up this is. And then they look back at the uh, three-headed statue like, oh no, but should I attack? I have the power to attack. Oh, but I should heal. They need to be healed. Uh, uh, and I'm going to attack. <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice. Describe it. Um, and then in that moment of indecision, they drop the Rod of Resurrection and they pull out their longbow. And I'm going to uh, uh, blow style now, uh, un unleash two arrows uh, that I have notched. 23 on the first one, 29 on the second one. They both hit, roll damage. 12 and 14. And then bonus Zephyr. Um, which is just like, I move like the wind until my, uh, this is just, uh, to deal an extra 1d8. Um, it's going to materialize like my bees just zooming in to attack with their little stingers, uh, for five damage. But then they also, my bees also get to do 1d8 damage. Uh, they, they do their darndest. Four. And then what did I get to add? I get to roll. You got to roll double dice the next time you would deal damage. So pick whichever one of these damage pools and just roll roll dice again. Uh, Reminder, when I get out of this, save all the bees. <laughs> <laughs> save the bees! What becomes a conservationist? It might happen, honestly. Uh, for an extra 11. Um, so that ass, I'm gonna get a calculator because, um, well, I also math this. How is, how is our enemy looking? So that was 65 points of damage total. Thank you. Uh, yeah, as your, your arrows fly and pin it, I think on either shoulder, right? And bees swarm forward and start like stinging it and like swarming it like a little bit, like you see it stagger a little bit. That hole that Adaria had blasted through its solar plexus, right? Like the chill touched the necrotizing energy up one of its legs, like its head being splintered twice by bull and now like it's, its body being peppered with arrows and bees by you. It's starting to show. Right? It's starting to stagger a little bit, but it's still on its feet. All right, I'm gonna move a little ways away. Not that it's gonna <laughs> help. <laughs> and that's all. Okay. Nice. Then at the end of your turn, Bomba. Uh-huh. This thing is going to raise both of its uh, arms, I think, as it's still sparking in and out of existence. And it's similar to the movement it made when it was like gonna unleash a shockwave. And boy, you've got the action held. It hasn't made an attack yet, but instead of, instead of attacking, it attempts to speak once more, right? Each word starting to get a little bit more clear, like whatever it's doing or whatever it's attempting is trying to clarify lines of communication a bit more. And it just says, hurt, letter, time, don't hurt. 
borrowed time. Anyone just want, please. We're not and hurting. I, I don't know what borrowed time you're talking about. Can you write us a letter? Can't speak words, letter. And you see like one of its hands like shakes and trembles forward and it like swipes across uh, the air in front of it. Uh, Boy, would you like to release your arrows as it does that? Yeah, hell yeah. I mean, there's no way I'm gonna let him make a motion without this this happening. Yeah, you're operating Uh, on a hair trigger here. Go for it. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Okay, that's 25. Okay, that that hits. Okay, let me do... Um... It, do they get sneak attack? Uh, yes. Um, as you let go, knowing that Bomba attacked, and you can see that there's still just, um, there is rawness, utter, complete rawness around them. I feel like, not mechanically, but if you were to get close, you would just get shunted back, potentially fall into the chasm. But they look at you, and some of that rawness almost slaps you. It's a natural 20. <gasps> Oh, that's my last port. Oh my days. Okay. Okay. Uh, in which case, (laughs) let me roll up some dice right Ah, here. Double dice. I want y'all, I want y'all to know I sent this to Connie like weeks ago when I was rolling for my port and I lowered a one, a two, and a 20. Oh my God. Yep. Wow. (laughs) I was like using this. That is incredible. (laughs) That is incredible. Let me just make sure. Plus that. Oh, man. Yep. This is going to suck for them. It's going to suck real hard. Oh, don't worry. It's going to get worse. <laughs> that is 75 points of damage. Let it go. Let it go. All right. 75. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, can I make my second attack now? <laughs> yes, you can. Uh, 23. Okay. Yeah, that hits. Whew. That's scary. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, that was that was a nervy moment. Uh, and then plus another forty-eight. <laughs> okay, okay. And then your third attack. You have a third attack, uh, right? No, no, no. It's just those two. It's just ah. those two. I'm not ambushing. Uh, mm, they know correct. that I'm there. <laughs> a progress check. Y'all have cumulatively dealt it four hundred and twenty-eight points of damage. Just so y'all Yo. are aware. Yo, that's like two rounds. Yeah. Let's, yep. Let's tour this party. Let's tour. Let's just go around and do some damage. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The high level D&D does not fuck around. All right. Uh, boy, wow. boof, boof. Where are you hitting it? Like in its back as it's turned to you? I think or? you said its eyes locked, like it lo- turned and locked. I think I literally oh, yeah, lined yeah, yeah, both yeah. arrows up and I'm like, poof. And I go as close to where I think its eyes are as possible. Because it doesn't like, have any features. It's just like a shadow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I'm yep. like, I can yep. feel like it looking at me and I'm like, that's exactly what I'm aiming for. Yes. Um, and I think as I loose these arrows, I'm I, I like, there is like a... A, a truly a sense of like unraveling happening. I think like Bo was not prepared for those big things to be taken from him. Uh, and Bo is like, I don't care who you are or what you need. You have taken things from me and my allies that do not belong to you. If you wanted our friendship, you could have asked. This is too much. And I, tu- I think I'm going to turn around to the other two and say, I don't care 
if the right thing to do is to give this thing the letter. Uh-huh. We are in charge now. Yeah, we have the badges. We're in charge now. We have the badges. <laughs> Do you know what? Give me a badge, Bubba, now! Yeah, yeah, yeah! <laughs> Throw it at you. <laughs> I slap it on my chest, definitely, like, prick myself. Ow! <laughs> I'll take a point of damage for that. <laughs> way too high. Take, take, one, take one piercing damage, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay, that wasn't... Ow, that didn't work too well. You gotta be careful. Yeah, no, it looks great! <laughs> Why are they okay. rusty? Jeez. <laughs> Uh, wonderful. Then I think you interrupt this thing as it's trying to like weave some sort of, it wasn't casting a spell or trying to do damage. It was trying to weave a, like a written message as Bomba's request in the oh. air. And like the sentence that came out bef- before you interrupted it was, I don't want to hurt et- an A. And then that was when you like shot it in its face, right? Um, but you did. Okay. And you done messed up. You played yourself. <laughs> so that's the end of Bomba's turn. Now we're going to go to Adaria's turn. Yeah. Um, as all of this is happening, she has been very quiet as these ripples and, and, and shifts glitching has been forming around her. Um, and she almost begins to levitate off the ground with her one hit point. Um, and <laughs> she actually begins to speak her voice, I'm just kind of flavoring this. Her voice begins to like echo in these different spots, but then it almost like sits in the back of your mind, like you maybe heard it in the past, or then it goes to the front of your mind as you probably would have heard it in the future. Um, and she's just beginning to speak and she says, um, this voice is, uh, is so distorted. Um, she looks at this creature and says, I don't know what you want to say but I am tired of the games. It ends now. In that moment, there's cracks around everyone, but then it coalesces around this entity as I cast. And we talked about what high level raw magic would do. Don't know. I cast reality break on it. Oh. <laughs> um, Shattering the barriers between realities and timelines, thrusting a uh, creature into turmoil and not madness, but in the sense, uh, and and, and in this case, I am, I am finding the, the, the epicenter of the weave. Um, And it's trying to say something and I don't know what it's trying to say. So I'm going to the root, whatever this thing is, that's where I'm trying to hit with reality break. and it needs to make a wisdom saving throw. It sees what you're doing and it fails on purpose. Usually what happens is you roll a d10 to determine what ha- occurs, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I think instead of any of the effects on that table, what occurs is you rip the shadows off its form. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you levitate off of the bridge and describe to me what it looks like as the reality break takes hold you almost see like it's almost like a kaleidoscope starting to form around this creature and anyone watching will start to see like different uh areas um of andake um in its glory in its ruin in its current state you see all these moments all these different possibilities you see a moment where the weave was not broken the cataclysm had not happened you see a moment where magic is gone and it's just devastation um you also almost see like 
I, I, I would think you all will see like different eyes watching. And if you can look close enough, they might be the eyes of Yudabathi, the eyes of the Raven Queen, the eyes, all these just, it is not that she's summoning them in any way, shape or form, but that's just, this reality is breaking so much that the impossible is very possible right now. Mm. <clears throat> Excuse me, I think even she is using, she is realizing that knowledge is power. Knowledge is what she needs. But right now she feels like she is a nexus point of magic itself, um, whether that's the birth of that magic or the death of that magic. If she's utilizing the Raven Queen, um, mm. at least the essence of the Raven Queen to fuel. Um, and it's just it's just fractures and fractures and fractures as each time um, one of these things appears, some of the shadow from this creature sucks into that reality and it disappears. And then mm. more of that uh, shadow sucks into a different reality and it disappears. Um, finally, just leaving a scene of um, a hot spring with two twins walking forward. Um, a moment that um, this journey kind of began, not began, but began in a weird way for them. And the last of the shadow flies into that area and it dissipates, leaving whatever is there. I love that. It's for Bamba and Blue. It's sort of like this entire chamber cracks open like a splintered mirror. And in the cracks jutting through reality, you see different possibilities within the splinters, right? And the, the almost like it's vacuuming, right? The shadow off of it. And what's left on top of the dais is Dr. Hitsagaten Aluso. Uh, the person you're supposed to deliver the letter to. Uh, they are stood there in lab coat, tunic, trousers, boots, right? Like hair, like golden hair, like blue eyes, like glasses slightly askew. Um, and despite all the, like the fucked up shit they took from like each of you, they look uninjured. Uh, they look physically okay, but there's a kind of desperation in their eyes as they stand there and look around as the last of the shadow wicks and unravels and peels off of their body and gets sucked, right? But I don't think the spell ends. Adaria, I think you're still holding it because if you end the spell, I think you're not exactly sure what will happen. Uh, I don't know if you've ever cast a spell like this before against nope. a boat like she this. So literally never cast a spell before. Yeah, so I think you're like, oh, let me hold this for a bit, right? So I will, it's, I, I will really quickly say, um, as his spell is being held, um, I would say probably, I mean, both of you, but definitely um, 30 passive perception. I actually hate it. Um, in front of, um, I'll actually roll it. Um, uh, be evens or odds? Uh, even. Oh, it's you. Um, in front of you, um, a reality, um, opens up. And I think, and you can describe what it is, but it's something to do with your bees. Um, and you see a bee, uh, or like something carrying a letter and it drops in front of you because wrist pocket would have ended. Um, oh, as a new concentration yeah. spell yeah. Uh, is cast. So the reality has shunted um, the the letter that we were supposed to give to uh, um, them in front of you. I and love it that. closes. Mm. <laughs> okay. I think there are, the cracks are still there, right? Adaria is still sustaining the spell and we're going to be out of initiative. Like, as okay. long as the spell's happening while this is occurring. So y'all can all talk and do whatever you want while this is occurring. Dr. Luso on the dais, um, they don't exactly look entirely corporeal. 
The edges of their form are still glitching a little. It's not like they're, they don't appear to be completely physically here. They're no. almost kind of translucent, like they're being projected here through a prism, is what you realize. And I think, I'm not even gonna have any of you roll for it. It sort of dawns on you all that like this shadow thing and Dr. Eluso is kind of a projection, almost like they're astrally projecting themselves here and their real form is somewhere else, right? And as they're sort of like half shadowy, like a hologram, they look around and they say, I don't wanna hurt anyone. I, oh, oh, Adaria. Oh, uh, uh, what's he in Bomba, right? Hello, hi, sorry hi. about that. Really terribly sorry. I didn't want to hurt or, or kill anyone, but I am really on borrowed time here. I don't know how much longer I have left while I can communicate with you. I just needed the letter as, as quickly as possible. Um, yes, that letter, yes. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, are we sure it's you? Uh, Bamba, don't be. Uh, don't, uh, not aiming this at you, just to oh. clarify. And I'm gonna, okay. I'm gonna aim an arrow like straight at this letter and be like, you, you are sorry? <laughs> I- Really? <laughs> okay, I don't- I can hear- I don't- uh, It's taking every ounce of concentration to project myself here. I'm trapped. I'm not- My body is in oblivion. I'm in- I'm trapped in oblivion. And I'm from- Not this time, I think. I learned how to do this. To, to reach across space and time in Jukai- which hasn't happened yet as of now because it's what, the beginning of Bear? Yeah, I haven't gone to Jukai yet. Uh, the connection isn't stable. I'm inside Oblivion, the letter. Don't deliver it to me. Don't let it get to me. Destroy it, throw it away. I don't care. Don't let me read it. Wait, you uh, don't want the letter. I don't want the letter. So, sorry, just to clarify, are you not in your body? I'm... It's hard, and you see like their face is like contorted. Whatever is happening to them in whatever timeline they're projecting from seems to be really difficult for them to articulate. I am in myself, I'm in oblivion, it's a lot. I'm holding on, I'm anchoring myself to this point in time just to stay lucid. All I know is you can't let me read what's inside that letter, please. Bomba, I think you should read what's in the letter. Uh, they had already started to peel back like some of the uh, the side of the letter. Oh yeah, yeah, good idea. That wasn't my idea. I'm gonna position myself in between Bomba and the projection just in case reality breaks and whatever. I'm like, yeah, I I'm positioning myself in between. Um, but I think I'm still training my bow on the letter, like thinking like I I'll, I'll try. I'll like yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay. I don't know what I'll try, but we'll try something. Wait, 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 <laughs> careful, careful. I, uh. You open Whoops. it up, you pull it out, and there's a single sentence written on the letter. Oh, and the sentence reads, when all hope is lost, break your glasses. That's it. That's it. No spell triggers. No effect occurs, reality doesn't shatter and reseal itself. That's all it says. That just, uh, I, it won't make any sense if you're not me. Uh, and oh. it didn't make sense to me at the time, but I did it. What and happens if you read this letter? What will, what will happen? I'll do it because there will be a point in time that hasn't happened yet where all hope is lost and I try to fix it. I try to fix everything, Bo Tien. Oka, you remember them, right? I couldn't let them 
they were going to die. They were going to get hurt or worse. And I couldn't. So I did it. And now I'm trapped in oblivion. I don't exactly remember how I, I got here. I just know that I, I can't do it. But I know myself. I'm too trusting. I would. Uh, I'm going to okay. roll an inside check here, DM, if I may. I yeah. uh, am yeah, yeah, yeah. concerned. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so no, I believe them be. completely. So <laughs> that doesn't you know, surprise yeah. me, Bomba, honestly. <laughs> Those of you who want to can roll insight. I'm too focused. You see that. Mm, mm. She's just holding this position. Yep. yep. That is a 28. Oh, my God. 28 insight check. Mm-hmm. They are telling you what they believe to be true. A hundred percent. They're not like, there's no part of the truth that they're obscuring from you. Whether or not it's what's actually happening, because they have mm-hmm. erroneous information, you wouldn't mm-hmm. know, because they wouldn't know. Okay. And do I get, uh, and, I, and they are who they say they are. This isn't like a, this isn't a veil. Or like an illusion like, or like a like self or something. Someone, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like someone no. projecting the form. No. It is, uh, it is definitely an illusion. Like it's being projected outward, right? Like an astral projection, but the source seems to be legitimate, right? Like it's not someone pretending to be Dr. Luso projecting backward to you with a 28. So if we aren't to deliver this letter, are we to believe that you brought us here to try and intercept us delivering the letter? So I, the, yeah, it's, Time travel is an interesting concept. And you can see Dr. Lisa, they're straining and struggling, but they're trying to like talk philosophy and metaphysics with you at the same time. Uh, I just know that a cycle has begun. And if I disrupt the cycle, it's the four of you that were told to deliver this letter because the four of you were the people who showed up. So I'm trying to stop the four of you. I don't actually know where it started. I I just know I have to intercept it. Okay, works for me. I'm going to eat the letter. That'll get rid of it. You're going to eat eat the letter, or did you say? Yeah, I'll eat it. Do you know what it says? Should I say it out loud? No, no. no. You, you, and actually, <laughs> as, as as you said, no? yeah, so many different no's just echo throughout. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was beautiful. For, for like a quick second, the, the you see the the arrow that I'm holding trained on the letter just flicks towards you. I'm like, no, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> um. Okay, I think here's what we do, everyone. Uh I think that you know what's in this letter. Only you know what's in this letter. If we now destroy the letter, should this turn out to be a lie, and we actually do need to deliver this message, we still can. We still have the option to do so. Adaria, does this ring true for you, or do you think that we will need the physical copy of the letter in order to deliver this message? I believe the message is the message, whether it's physical or metaphysical. That's what I was hoping for. Destroy the letter. Alright, and I eat it. Thank you, Bamba. But again, please don't let the message get to me! Uh, and Adaria, you feel your hold on the magic beginning to slip. Uh, so you can either, like, just dismiss it, I think, as a free action, or you can try to hold on to it. So just really quickly, you said they said that they were in oblivion because they tried to do a thing, and whatever this is, they did it, and it just 
shunted things into turmoil. I don't know. Um, like they, whatever yeah. glass they broke seemed to. Yeah, it seems like they're in the future, though, and, and they have yes. shunted back. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're projecting back. They're reaching through the past from a future where they read the letter and bad shit happened. So they're trying to reach through time to stop it gotcha. from reaching them in the first place. Before you go, will the Paragons and the Keepers attempt to get this letter from us if they know it exists? No, no, I didn't tell anyone about it. And if I receive it, then I won't. Who sent this letter? I... Who wants this message delivered? I don't know. I honestly have no idea. Reality uh, is a fickle thing. I have a feeling. Hmm. Can I really quick? Nope. I'm so what? sorry. Whoa. Uh, can I roll to see if this tastes like anything that would be an identifier for who sent the letter? I actually love that. <laughs> yes, you can. Make a investigation check with taste? Yeah, with taste. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, this is my best roll of the night. Uh, 22. Hell yeah. I failed all of my rolls tonight. It's like two. <laughs> you came through and it matters. Taste, the taste mm-hmm. test. It tastes like wood smoke and green tea. Whoa. Okay. okay. Uh, I'll let the party know that. Like, mm, it tastes like leafy green tea and wood smoke. Hmm. Would this ring any bells? Does it doesn't uh, ring any ounce of a yeah. bell? No. No. It doesn't ring a bell. It doesn't, like, relate to anyone you know who might smell like wood smoke and green tea or like tea or anything like that. No. It's just, like, these are just two random tastes, but now you know the tastes, right? Okay. Yeah, I think that's the most honest answer I can give. I hope mm-hmm. these clues help someone else. I think they could help us. I'm, uh, I feel I've vested interest in finding out who sent this letter and trying to get to the bottom of whatever this is. But first of all, you, uh, and I'll turn back to address the doctor and be like, you did take something from me and my friends and, well, it just really quite badly. And, um, we will be, uh, we will be out of pocket in not delivering this, you see. So you've put us through much strife and misery, plus also taken away our reward because, well, it was eaten. Um, so... I will deal with that. I... Well, that is being dealt with. I will be finding you, and I will be expecting compensation. <laughs> I'm good now. That's that's I, that's all I had to say. <laughs> Thank you. I really appreciate it. Uh, I can't hold on much longer, and... She let go. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I think reality spirals back into place, right? The cracks seal back up, right? Like the shadows, I think, before they seal up, um, trail through the cracks and web their ways over Dr. Aluso's form yet again, and then lift up into the dais and disappear, right? Whatever connection, whatever magic they were using, time, shadow magic, you're not sure, uh, to, to project to this point in time, vanishes, it's severed, that connection is gone, and I think like a silence sweeps over the chamber, right? As finally, finally, this foe has disappeared. Adaria hits the ground. She is. <laughs> oh no, okay. Uh, 
okay, where's that there's, rod? There's no way in heck that did not at least knock her out. She is out. <laughs> yes. So, mm. Adaria, Adaria, I think you drop to your knees, and I also, I also need you to roll me a d100 to see Noted. if that was the last time Adaria can use magic. God. Whoa. Uh, I'm leaping over, like, bridge to bridge um, with that, that rod of resurrection. 62. 62. We'll resolve that in a minute. Uh, before we get there, Bomba, go ahead. Uh, leap across all the bridges necessary to get to Adaria. And then with like a little skid on the, the, the length of bridge that they have with that rod, they're just gonna like, ah, come back to life. And they kind of like <laughs> slap you a little bit on the belly with the rod. Like, oh, I don't think that's how it works. But um, it will give you 70 health. Woo! <gasps> A good magic item. We be strong. <laughs> You'll take that one. Yeah, she... <gasps> are you are you are you okay? That was some really scary magic. Also really cool. Yeah, you oh, impressive. <laughs> Adaria, you feel drained. You feel like an hourglass with a crack in it, and the sand is leeching out of you. You feel exhausted, spiritually, magically, the weave withering out of your spirit. Is there any way that I can like feel this in any way? Because I like I'm connected, mm. like you know I have mad, I have like you know. Uh, connection to the weave i have some magic though no we're near on the same level mm. is it like can, can i sense this happening see this happening in any way yeah you know what yes both bamba and boatin because you are innately attuned to the weave you can sort of see you almost like imagine like these strings of the weave around adaria beginning to fade right mm. like she's she used to be like a beautiful part of this tapestry of magic that's being cut out Right, like she's losing her access oh, to it almost. No. It's like starting to fizzle off of her body. Hasn't happened completely yet. I think she can feel what's happening and she's so exhausted. Um, and I don't know how this will resolve, but um, it's wordless. Um, she feels that that disconnect starting to happen and this has been her life and this one moment a moment that to her originally seemed just like a a, a piece of a fork in the journey that she needs to take to get to where she needs to go so for it to almost be lost in this one moment she can't handle that um and you see her look back at the statue of the Raven Queen. Um, mm. And she begins to speak in celestial. Um, I did not do this for nothing. I will not be nothing after this. This is not the end of my journey. I refuse for it to be. And a voice responds, 
echoing out of the statue of the Raven Queen, a whispering voice of rustled feathers and bird song emanates through your mind in a language that does not exist, but words you innately understand, all three of you, addressing Adaria. This is not the end of your journey, child. Take this blessing unto your soul and do what you will with the power that remains. And all of you see like a black light, a beautiful beaming black light, like the depths of the ocean or the darkness between the stars, but calming and celestial, ambient cosmic dust swirl off of the feathers of that statuesque cape and like begin to like form whirling eddies around Adaria. And you feel like whatever magic was in that statue is being gifted to you, right? Like the last of the magic that was in the Raven Queen statue is pulled out of it and swirls around you. And so you, if you wish to accept it, Adaria, it can sweep into your soul. Oh, she went down to the exception. <laughs> okay. And as this like black dust, I think, just sinks into your skin and suffuses your soul again, you feel the weave like come back to you. Right? The exhaustion begins to lift up, right? Like your mental and spiritual health begins to line up with your physical, right? From from Bomba's healing. Uh, as the last words all three of you hear are Adaria. Ataria, my child, I have already chosen another keeper, but you, you make your own choice as well, should you walk it alone with your twin or with one of us as well who remain. And with that, the statue of the Raven Queen goes dark, right? I think like a passive little glowing light was lighting up the nook and it just goes dark. Uh, are you okay? Yes. Do you feel, does the weave still inhabit your body? Can you do magic still? I need to think on this for a second. (laughs) You're good. Why don't we, why don't we give her a second? I think she's going through a, having a moment. Uh, Bamba, why don't we head over here? We can just have a little, uh, a little debrief. Um, Hold on, let me bonk. I got it. And like, they hit themselves in the head with the the rod. Okay. Healing. That's so much better. Uh, How are you for healing? Healing for you. Okay, good. Yes, 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 yes. Worried that you were just assaulting yourself. Um, No, that's good. No, what? Not ever. Nope. Um, Good. So like, What do you think of a career as a career? These badges feel pretty cool. Oh, yeah, I immediately take the badge and throw it into the chasm. I'm like, oh, what, yeah, what, the, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> I don't want that. No, I got I got really wrapped up in the moment. I, I really, really uh, have no uh, interest in joining the postal service. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, they're not, they're not that cool or anything. <laughs> but, it, you know, you can, you know, enjoy if you, if that's what you wish. I mean, I kind of want to hang out with the, the, the frog guy. It's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Did you hear the way he says honorable and prophecy? prophecy. prophecy. Yeah. <laughs> they was, are uh, the coolest. Yeah, that was, uh, it was, it was good. It was good. Uh, so, so plans for after this? 
I, I'm more thinking plans to still get out. I was sort of hoping that once oh. that entity disappeared, we'd yeah. get like zapped back to, you know, wherever we uh, were going to. You know, the cottage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were chickens that I wanted to visit, but now there's not really a big point because we have mm. that big secret that we can't really share. I might go and kill the chickens, honestly. Uh, I um. Could, could you leave like a couple so they could? Just... We'll see. I mean, okay. some some retribution is I think deserved. I'm I was racked with a lot of pain, and I don't mm-hmm. like people being inside mm-hmm. my mind. It's a real it's a real no no for me. The whole you oh, know. Uh, what about tearing off the roof of the house? That way, it constant and lots of damage that needs to be repaired. It's just like the long con a little bit, you know? I just don't know if I have that capability, honestly. I think uh, maybe Adaria does, but... Um, oh, yeah. I, and then I, we I both look over at her. Yeah. Yeah, Adaria finally um, comes to... Um, still stoic and quiet, but... I think the first thing you notice is as you look at her, her skin has paled every every so little. She still has dark, like that nice chocolate skin, you know, but it, (laughs) it, it, there is a, 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 a leaching of color ever so often, like just a little bit. And you see that her cheeks have gone extremely gaunt, not extremely, but there is like, she's always had nice cheekbones, but they are like sucked in now. Um, and she kind of sits on that for a moment. I am fine. Adaria, I know I'm not a goon or even your friend. We've known each other for a very short uh, period of time. Um, But you possess an immense gift immense power and you should be here (laughs) proud of what you are able to accomplish I I must say I'm somewhat uh, jealous (laughs) of your your talents Um, but whatever is happening for you I think uh, (laughs) I think you're clearly on the right path you're you're where you're meant to be (laughs) You can see that she is like, she's here, but she's like kind of, she's not looking elsewhere, but her mind is elsewhere. And she just like instinctively um, tosses her hand um, as she casts press digitation just to see if the weave is still there and Mm -hmm. seeing it manifest. There is more to all of our journeys. And I believe we need to know what's next. Yes, answers would be good for sure. Mm. And I think as the, all of you like cast your gazes around this cavern, you notice that most of the statues have gone dark, right? Like the Raven Queens, like their magic is gone, they're spoken for. But Bamba, your eye is drawn to Unabathi's statue, which is still lit up. And Wang Buotian, you notice Meng Shenzhidi's statue is also still lit, mm-hmm. thrumming with energy. have an intense desire to go touch that statue. Just a little boop. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> let's go see what happens. Okay. And, uh, yeah. Bamba, you clop over uh, to Yudabathi statue, right? Which the three gems are now ambiently glowing. The red gem, the black gem, and the gold gem just 
thrumming off their uh, three-tiered chest. You reach out as you touch like that statue's body. Uh, you feel, I think, a voice reverberate around just your mind. No one else's. No one else hears. It's just you, Bamba. A powerful, thrumming, triple-layered voice. Like three people are speaking at once, but in perfect harmony with each other. Right? Uh, that just goes, Bamba! Bamba, Bamba, Bamba! What you did with my power! Wow! That was just remarkable! I hear Galtangers shopping around for keepers now. What do you say, kid? Wanna be one of mine? Does it come with a badge? Sure does. Better than a badge. Lightning. We're in. And as you like accept this offer to become keeper of Udabathi, like red lightning explodes off of the statue, uh, as does like golden pillars of light and this like black wave of energy. All three colors meld into you and you feel your body suffused with like immense magic as this connection forms between yourself and Udabathi. Uh, and this whatever shard, spirit, specter of Udabathi, the last thing they say to you before that statue also goes dark, right, for now, is find me in the sacred places or by my paragon. We'll talk later. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> Burst just like, oh, come on. And walks forward and just like without even looking, just slaps his hand on the statue. And says, <laughs> What's this now? <laughs> Boa, you feel a similar voice. I think like echo around the confines of your mind, like a um, stick tapping the side of a prayer bowl, right? <laughs> And this voice is very different from Udabathi and the Raven Queen. It is measured, calculated, every single word plucked out of the ether with grave intention. Wang Bua Qin, distant descendant of Huan Ustoi, first paragon of Mengshen Zhidi, turned petty criminal. If you have something to say, you may say it. If not, I can continue on my day. I've got a lot to do. You're smart, boar. You are. You smell knowledge in every arrow you string, every bow you polish. You have much to offer Endake in her time of need. But I have to know, are you willing to fight for it? Or will you just fight for your own pride? Ah, <laughs> oh, man. Hold on. Okay, cool. Uh, I think Bartian in his head just goes, hmm. you know, firstly, tell me something I don't know. Uh, secondly, I am fighting for Ndake. I know where I should be, and I know where I will end up. And, uh, 
Unless you're here to tell me that I'm your new paragon, then probably going to be on my way. I have an offer beyond paragonhood you should perhaps consider. I don't choose my paragon. My paragon is given to me by destiny. Neither of our souls have a say in our fate. But I can choose my keeper. Bequeath upon this hero my secrets, my aid, my wisdom. But my keeper must be humble, must challenge me, must listen and learn. Hmm. Don't know. That's really my style. Uh, I'm tempted. Don't get me wrong, I'm tempted. Uh, I think uh, Boatien, uh like turns his back from the statue for a second, thinking, uh, and then wheels around with an arrow and just smashes the statue. <laughs> mm, okay. You smash the statue and it crumbles, I think. Like part of it cracks, right? And as the light dims out, you just hear that same voice, you know, the last thing ringing in your head, just say, I saw that coming. Farewell, boy. May luck guide your step. And the nook goes black. Don't need luck. It's fine, thank you anyway. <clears throat> well, friends, uh, I guess we uh, have well, I intend to find the source of that letter, but... Uh, oh, yeah, no, have fun. Sure. <laughs> well, um, it's been a great pleasure to I share can this get us back to the Postal Service. Could that you? Would that would be, be awesome. I fancy the climb, honestly. <laughs> you see her, and just to wrap up, you see, um, you noticed that the constellations on her arms are no longer glowing, but they are almost no longer there. Um, but you also notice that it's just a, a a a not a mist, but there's something that's kind of seeping underneath. And she holds one hand up and her eyes flash um, as she starts to cast Plane Shift. Okay. Are you bringing your allies back to that uh, yes. office? Yeah, okay. Yeah, there's sort of like a, uh, almost like a whirling, vacuuming, intense pressure, like this sensation that bears down on all of you. You see the chamber sort of swirl, and just almost like a snap of your fingers, you're back in that office, filled with fog, right? That weird beetle desk, that like chair with 10 legs on it. Like the chamber's no longer here. You're, whoa, I think like maybe you have to blink your eyes a bit to adjust to like this new brightness, like from the floating globules of light all around you. And Director Jur is behind on the beetle desk, like writing on a piece of paper. What a 22,900, whoa! Hello. Hello, Director. Um. We did something that my teammates will explain. I have a new job, um, so thank you for everything, and uh, I'll, I'll see you later. Oh, good, goodbye, Bumbo. You, you, you did it. Well, all right. So it's true. The, the letter's been delivered. I didn't see anything after you stepped through the portal. It just closed. It takes a lot to sustain a portal. Yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll explain it all. Just if you could say prophecy one more time. 
Pour Alpha C? Yes! Bye! <laughs> Uh, on Bomba, just I think I think Bomba disappears in a zap of red lightning, just boof, boof, like coming out of the fog, just a pillar of crimson light, bam, and they're gone. Oh, wait, what? Wait, maybe I should never say that word again. Maybe I just power worded lightning with that. But anyway, Adaria, Boitin, oh, I hope Agun's okay. Uh, how did the, the mission go? Were you able to deliver the letter successfully? I'm a side-eye Adaria and be like... We did what <laughs> needed to be done. We right. shall now collect what we have been promised. Uh, I'm going to ask for either performance, persuasion, or deception check from the two of you. Okay. Oh, this is persuasion now. No, I'm okay. Gonna go straight for, I'm going to go straight deception. Uh, okay. And uh, I'll layer on a little, a little, layer on a little spice. Uh... Oh my god, I'm rolling well tonight. Okay. So that is a total of 24. Uh, 24. I think I, I think I say, um, I think Boa says, uh, yes, and the price paid on our part was much greater than previously outlaid. For many reasons, we have sworn a vow of silence in order to not tell you, or anyone in fact, what happened. For if we did, we could be affecting, well, the fate oh, of yeah. the entire world. 27. Oh. <laughs> yeah, uh, Director Drew looks at both of you, like big bulbous black eyes blinking, like one and then the other, and one and the other. <laughs> I think I said, oh. I was like, I'm like, we would love to tell you, but as oh. current employees, oh, no, no, don't tell me. Service, no, 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 no. We are sworn to silence. Yes, I understand. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Well, mm -hmm. thank you so much for the service you've rendered the APS. Uh, you can turn in your badges now if you would like, uh, or you can keep them as a souvenir. Up to you entirely. I think Bomba left with the only two that we took. I'm very sorry. Oh, oh well, well, that's okay. We we make plenty. Um, Just I I collateral. I make each one personally by hand. Uh, no mass production here. It's a, a work of love and labor. Uh, they say indicating some like truly hideous uh, badges on the beetle shell. <laughs> I just look at them and go, as, a, as the director, you really should be doing something more with your time than making badges. Like you need to be running the postal site. What are you doing making badges? <laughs> truly a wild use of your time as director. Wait, stop, stop it, mom. I mean, don't tell anyone I said that. Um, I don't have issues don't worry, with my son. mother. Uh, mm, you know what? Uh, don't worry about it. You know what? Fine. We're good. Uh, yes, get you will get your wishes granted. Take it up with uh, Aisha at the reception desk. Uh, say that Director Drew approved it. And thank you so much for the service you've rendered the APS. As long as we get what we were promised, and I get to where I need to go. Absolutely. We keep our promises here at the APS. Our word is as good as gold. I would hope so. Great. Well, it's time for my dinner break. Uh, the two of you can see yourselves out. The door is right there. And um, thank you again so much for the services you've rendered us. Thank you for... Nope, I haven't got anything. I'll see you later. <laughs> I'll turn and leave. <laughs> uh, goodbye, uh, Wong, Boitin, and Adaria. Stop making badges, 
look look into employee health care and things like that. Like, stop <laughs> messing around with badges, please. Yeah, I think, like, as you're, like, backtracking out of the office Check and, like, calling. <laughs> you're, like, calling this, like, down the hallway, you know, like, the two of you. Right, yeah. like, the door swings shut, right, on this office uh, as the two of you, I think, travel toward horizons known and unknown, armed with this new information, and I think a new perspective on divinity after the cataclysm. And I think we can end the session there. Uh, so everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to the Arc 5 interlude. Oops, all guests featuring the very, very incredible talents of CB, Jasper William Cartwright, uh, B Zelda, and of course, uh, Gabe James Games. So I'd love to do a quick round of introductions here, starting with Omega. Yes, this has been great. Uh, my name is Omega Jones, also known as the Critical Bard. Uh, yes, I have been Adaria, the no longer divination wizard, the undead warlock. Whoa! Um, yes, we love a hard pivot. <laughs> and uh, this has been a great time. And yeah, I, I can't wait uh, to, to reveal more. Um, so yeah, just follow me on all my socials. Again, that's Critical Bard across all, all of that. And yeah, thank you so much for having me. Shout out to Gabe for being the best twin ever who's going to be so confused. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's me. Take it away, Jasper. Mm. Uh, hey everyone, thanks so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here and to get to hang out with these incredible people, like truly wild and amazing people. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm one third of Three Black Halflings. Uh, we are currently in the middle of filming our next big actual play, uh, which is, uh, we're going back to Wagadu, uh, which is very exciting, uh, as we are the official podcast of the Wagadu Chronicles, uh, game, which is incredible. Uh, we've got some amazing people, some amazing and guests uh in this uh little in this campaign and it's going to run for pretty much like the second half of this year um but uh you don't need to listen to the first season you can jump straight in with this one it's new characters new stories uh and should be an absolute blast so uh why don't you go ahead and check that out uh if you want to if you've liked listening to me play uh my very salty wong uh Bortien, uh <laughs> um who i think is Ha- went through an existential crisis very, very quickly and might also be making some hard pivots uh, in their life uh, as well. Uh, so I don't think you're the only one who might be uh, looking at some changes, <laughs> Daria. Um, but yeah, uh, and just a, a huge, massive shout out to Connie. It's just uh, honestly such a pleasure uh, to play with them. So uh, thank you very much, Connie, for, for letting me be a part of this. Thank you, Jasper. It's always such a pleasure to play with you and with CB, of course. Uh, I'm now going to pass along introductions over to B. As always, I have been your non-binary busy bee playing Bamba Bees. You can find me on Twitter as at B underscore Zelda. I am a podcaster, host of Anime Attaché, ATTRPG Twitch streamer. You'll have to follow me to figure out my schedule, ATTRPG writer and the community manager for D&D Adventures League. Uh, and finally, I have been your GM and creative producer, Connie. My pronouns are they, he, and she. You can find me on the internet at byconniechong, B-Y-C-O-N-N-I-C-H-A-N-G, namely TikTok, Twitter, Ko-Fi, and Itch. Podcast editing for this episode is by C. Thomas of Okahian fame. Toss them a follow on Twitter at PieSharpArt. Transplaner RPG is proudly sponsored by at Dimitri Opines on Twitter and ExplainTrade.com, a negotiation skills training consultancy, because you can't ask to roll persuasion in real life. Check out ExplainTrade.com.
Please consider giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. This helps so much with getting new listeners to find us. New podcast episodes drop every Tuesday. If you can't wait that long, tune into our live stream Saturdays at 7 p.m. U.S. Central Time on Twitch at TransplanarRPG. Also, toss us a follow on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and YouTube at TransplanarRPG. We also have a Patreon. Patrons get early access to episodes, character sheets, high-res art, and much, much more. And finally, a very special thank you to our Patreon paragons. Alex, Brooke Bright, Charles, Chiacres, Cora Eckert, Emma, Hat, Conding, Lex Slater, Purple Mouse, Riley, Scruffesis, and Target.